This episode is brought to you by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, so they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. Some of the meals in July feature spinach and pest... Nope, sorry. Spinach and basil, pesto, gnocchi with summer squash, green beans, and fresh mozzarella. Spiced pork tacos with avocado, pickled onions, and a Lodi-style corn. A Lodi, Kevin. Do you like a Lodi? It sounds like coyote, but I bet it's not coyote. Coyote probably wouldn't taste good. You both went to me. We love you. Summer vegetable pizza with garlic, lemon, broccolini. And I like a good broccolini, Kevin. Do you? Can you get down on that? It's like with really? Yeah. That's weird. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash greggy. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash greggy. I really enjoy broccolini. Broccolini's awesome. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hello. The Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you today. It's good to be here with you today. Oh, stop. And the pure one, Tim Geddes. Hi, Tim Host. <laughs> How are you guys? Good. Good. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do the rigmarole. Uh, I want to get right into this. I have a serious topic to begin with. Um, who's up to date on Alton Sterling? I am. I'm not. You're Can't not? say that I am, Greg. Alton Ster- Sterling was murdered last night in Louisiana by police. Uh, we continue to do this on this show where we have to keep bringing up the same topics. Sometimes we stumble into them and say something we did in the first episode of the first show and now we have new thoughts on it. But this is now at least the third one about how if you are a black person, you will be killed by the police. And I'm getting fucking sick of it. I'm very angry. I was very angry last night. I've been very angry all day. I went back through the episodes. The ones that I've been able to jump back to, I immediately jumped to Stop Being a Racist. Episode 82, part one. At the 30, I, Every time we do this, I have the same rant where I'm upset and there's nothing to do. May I real yeah. quick ask you a question? What they don't even know what this is. So shouldn't you begin there? I was going to start with this setup to it and then okay. get into it. If you don't mind. Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Thank you for helping host the show with me. Um, on stop being racist. Part one episode 82 with the 34 minute 27 mark. Uh, we've been going around and around. And as usual, I'm sitting here being quiet about it. I have nothing really to say about this because I feel this at my heart of heart all the time. Nick says after going through a whole thing, it needs to be figured out sooner rather than later to which I say, which is exactly what we said on the Ferguson episode. Ferguson episode was of course, episode 38 part one. This was on August 25th, 2014. Then the stop being racist episode publishes on July 29th, 2015. Uh, what we said in the Ferguson episode, we're back to where we were in the Ferguson episode. 
This is great, and it's great to have these conversations. If South Carolina can just hold on two weeks, though, there will be something else everyone will want to talk about, and no one will be paying attention to this. It's the same thing that happened with the Ferguson thing. It's like, this really sucks. Everything's fucked up. How do we fix it? Fix it. Nobody will. It's too hard. There's no easy solutions, and we won't fix it. It'll keep going. Nick came in back, talked a little bit more, then I cut him off again. But then, it, but then it went down to something, and two other events happened, and then it, it was Baltimore, and everybody's back on this. Quote, oh, nothing's changed. Hey, everybody, that thing we were super fucking mad about a while ago didn't fix the problem. Now, wait a minute. And it went away, and something else happened. This speaks directly to what we've been talking about with gun control. This is what we're talking about with police brutality, and it keeps coming up on the show, and I'm f- kind of at my end of my fucking rope as a human about it, and I don't know what to do with these emotions. So rather than do the thing I did here, I started actually looking into it. I'm going to read to you uh, the article from the AP about this to bring you all to speed. Then we'll watch two videos uh, from the AP feds open investigation into deadly pollution police shooting. This is from Mike uh Kunzelman. Yeah, Kunzelman. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The U.S. Justice Department opened a civil rights investigation Wednesday into the video recorded police killing of a black man who authorities say had a gun as he wrestled with two white officers on the pavement outside a convenience store. Alton Sterling, 37, was confronted by police and then shot on Tuesday after, I'm sorry, after an anonymous caller said he threatened someone with a gun outside the store where he was selling homemade CDs, authorities said. In a cell phone video taken by a community activist and posted online, the two officers pinned Sterling to the ground. Someone yelled, he's got a gun, gun gun and gunfire erupted moments later at a news conference Wednesday Baton Rouge police chief Carl uh, Debatty you want to say Debatty Debatty Jr. said that Sterling was armed that's a hell of a Louisiana name (laughs) well I'm just called Debatty Jr. (laughs) said that Sterling was armed but that there are still questions about what happened real quick I should chime in we are recording this on Wednesday of this week God only knows what's going to happen between the time you hear this on Friday as a Patreon supporter or when it posts on Monday I'm sure things will get worse I'm sure there will be riots quote like you, there is a lot that we do not understand. At this point, like you, I am demanding answers, Debatty said, calling the shooting, quote, a horrible tragedy. The officers identified, I don't want to read the whole article, by the way. The officers identified by the chief as Blaine Salamone, a four-year member of the department, and Howie Lake II, who has been on the force for three years, were placed on administrative lead, leave, standard proce- department procedure. Authorities would not say whether one or both fired their weapons or how many times. Governor John Bell Edwards of the U.S. Department Justice Department announced the investigation by the Depen- Department's Civil Rights Division. Quote, I have very serious confer- concerns. This video is disturbing to say the least, Edwards said. The shooting stirred anger in Baton Rouge with hundreds protesting Tuesday night and demonstrations continuing Wednesday. Community leaders and Sterling's family demanded a federal investigation. Quote, Mr. Sterling was not reaching for a weapon. He looks like a man that was actually fighting for his life, said state rep Edmund Jordan, an attorney for the Sterling family. Uh, Quinetta McMillan, sorry, the mother of Sterling's teenage son, trembled as she read a statement outside City Hall, where a few dozen protesters and community leaders had gathered. Her son, Cameron, 15, broke down in tears and was led led away as his mother spoke. She described Sterling as, quote, a man who simply tried to earn a living taking care of his children. Quote, the individuals involved in this murder took away a man with children who depended upon their daddy on a daily basis, she said. The police chief urged protesters remain peaceful, and Mayor Kip Holden likewise sought to ease tension, saying, quote, We have a wound right now, and we'll be healing and making the city and parish whole again. Police said they have dash cam video, body cam video, and store surveillance footage of the shooting that will be turned over to the Justice Department. But Lieutenant Johnny Dunham, Yeah, Dunham uh, said the body cam footage may not be as good as investigators hoped for because the cameras became dislodged during the scuffle. Marjorie Esmond, executive director of the Louisiana ACLU, said if body cameras became dislodged, there are, quote, serious questions, unquote, that need to be asked. Quote, 
Is that because there was something wrong with the equipment? Is that because the officers were not trained how to properly fasten them? She said. Right when they're needed most is when two of them malfunction the same way. The Justice Department will look into whether the officers were willfully violated Sterling's civil rights through the use of unreasonable or excessive force. Similar investigations, which often take many months, were opened following the deaths of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, and Eric Garner in New York. Federal investigators must meet a high legal burden to bring civil to bring a civil rights prosecution, establishing that the officer knowingly un- used unreasonable force under the circumstance and not simply make a mistake or use poor judgment. Many, many, many federal probes conclude without criminal charges in the video, which appears to be shot from inside a nearby parked car. One of two officers outside the store can be seen tackling a man in a red shirt and wrestling him to the ground. Then the other officer helps hold the man down at some, at one point, someone can be heard saying he's got a gun gun. And then one off and then one officer on top of a man can be seen pulling his weapon from his holster. After some shouting, what sounds like a gunshot can be heard and the camera pulls away. Then more shots can be heard. At one point, a person in the vehicle asks, they shot him as a woman can be heard crying. The store's owner, Abdul uh, Mufali, Mufali told Mufali told the advocate newspaper that Sterling was not holding a gun during the shooting, but that he saw officers remove one from his pocket afterwards. Mufali said in an, said an officer yelled gun during the scuffle and an officer then fired six fired four to six shots into Sterling's chest on Wednesday when a pastor told the small crowd gathered at, at the that the gathered that the protest should be peaceful. Uh, 45 year old Sharon Alexander, her voice cracking countered. We don't need peace. We need answers. We need justice. Alexander, who's the, who was there with her daughter and the three other relatives said, said later, we sound like a broken record. It's time for a change. Protesters and friends created a memorial to Sterling, uh, on the white folding tables and folding chairs he used to sell homemade music compilations on CDs. He never bothered nobody. He was just trying to make an honest dollar, said Arthur Baines, who came by to pay his respects. Uh, one of the employees at the store said Sterling often gave away CDs or petty cash he bought or bought food or drinks for some people. He was a very nice guy, he said. He helped a lot of people. The man who claimed to have shot the, sm- the cell phone footage, Arthur Reed, says his company, Stop the Killing Incorporated, makes documentary-style videos about killings in Baton Rouge. Quote, we look at ourselves as being service to the community. So now, before moving on to that, we will watch this video. Kevin, it's up to you if you want to put it in. If, if there a video pops up here, ladies and gentlemen, it's graphic of a man being shot. Now, this is the one that popped off last night. Now, this is the extended version, 42 seconds. Nick, can you see? Okay. So here he is being tackled, shoved to the ground, slammed on the car. Officer two comes over, holds him down. That's the f- that was the one that started breaking last night, late. That was the one that had the hashtag begin trending, brought it to my attention that this is happening again. Today, the Daily Beast has this video. Have you seen this one, Colin? No. There is a dash cam footage as well. I don't know if that's public, though. Yeah, not yet. 
This is uh, from, I believe, the Daily Beast says... Portrait mode. Hold on. Pause. This is from the alternate perspective. Who is this from? I believe it's the store owner is what they do. It's somebody at the front door of the store. So it's the... Before we were seeing it, I, you know, if you're looking north... We're at the north side now. We'll say it was on the west before. Gun pulled. There it is. Hmm. Now you're going to... When they come back, you're going to see them pull the gun from his pocket. As he bleeds to death and clutches his chest. There's the gun. Assumedly so. Obviously not shown right to the camera or something. So this has left me again angry and confused at how this continues to happen. The problem I find is that I, I today th when I woke up today I was like all right well this won't be the this won't be the one where it's met with indifference and how do we solve this problem and what can I do as a citizen of the United States and I don't have an answer for you uh, I did whatever any, any other human being would do it and googled the direct questions I had <laughs> finding no answers finding nowhere right. to go with it the best I could do that summarize I think what's happening from August 2014 because this problem is so new is a slate article called policing the police by Lodoris Hazard Cordell now uh, if I'm jumping ahead here I believe uh, Lodoris pops up in here and says something to the effect that yes yeah, she is on a civilian oversight committee I believe in her community in California, which might be... Oh, in San Jose. Anyways, I'm going to read you excerpts from this article, Slate article, Policing the Police. In just the last two months, Michael Brown, 18, was killed by a police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. Azel Ford, 25, was killed by a police officer in Los Angeles. Frank Alvarado, 39, was killed by a San Salinese. Salinas. Salinas, thank you, police officer. Eric Garner, 43, was killed by a New York police officer. And Marlene Pinnock, 51, was brutally beaten by a California Highway Patrol officer. All these victims were of color and were un all were unarmed. Uh, she goes into the fact that we have to figure out how to stop this, right? And basically, training and federal investigations are ineffective responses to allegations of police misconduct. We know how to solve this epidemic. We just need to find the political will to do it. Uh she jumps through again, still complaining, not complaining, I shouldn't say, sorry, talking about how training isn't the answer, retraining isn't the answer. Retraining is useless when officers view people of color as quote-unquote fucking animals, the word shouted by a police officer at a crowd in Ferguson protesting the killing of Michael Brown. All of the training and retraining in the world are, no, are of no moment if officers see the people they are charged to protect and serve as subhumans and dangerous. So here she has three parts of what she thinks would help solve this problem. Excuse me. First, police departments must broaden their definition of reasonable of, of reasonable use of force. In 1989, the U.S. Supreme Court, and this speaks aside from Greg, of why everything gets thrown out, right? They always going up for these indictments, right? And they don't go through, and that's when everything really gets fucking crazy, and there's riots and stuff like this. This is speaking to why that's so tough. In 1989, the U.S. Supreme Court in Graham versus Connor defined the reasonable use of force as, quote, Judged from the perspective of a reasonable officer on the scene and its calculus must embody an allowance for the fact that police officers are often forced to make split second decisions about the amount of force necessary in a particular situation, end quote. That definition has been interpreted narrowly by law enforcement agencies across the country to mean that to mean that the reasonableness of force is a limited is limited to an examination of only the amount of force used in the moment. The conduct of officers right before this use of force is never examined. Under this definitions, officers who provoked in, who provoke individuals and officers who escalate situations get a pass. 
The definition of what constitutes the reasonable use of force must be expanded to include the circumstances leading up to the use of force, so that the inquiry into the misconduct sweeps in whatever the officer did prior to that decision to use force, along with the conduct of the victim. There's a precedent for this. For This, this year, which again, 2014, both the Seattle Police Department and the Los Angeles Police Department extended their definitions of reasonable use of force. Now, in Seattle, officers cannot use physical force, quote, against individuals who only verbally confront them unless the vocalization impedes a legitimate law enforcement function or contains specific threats to harm the officers or others, end quote. And in Los Angeles, the use of deadly force must include, quote, quote, consideration of not only the use of deadly force itself, but also an officer's tactical conduct, conduct and decisions leading up to the use of force when determining its reasonableness, end quote. Second thing she comes with there, city and counties must establish independent civilian oversight agencies for their law enforcement departments. She goes through the fact that this is in South America or South Africa, Canada, Belgium, blah, blah, blah. Then it's already happening in the States. Palo Alto has one. Kalamazoo, Michigan has one. Honolulu had one. There's a complete listing over at nacolnacol.org. She is on the one in San Jose. Uh, The beauty of civilian oversight is that it holds police officers accountable to the public by providing independent review of complaints of com- police misconduct instead of relying rely solely upon internal investigations in which the police investigate themselves. Then the, she gives this example. In 1988, murder, murderer of 20-year-old Kara Knott by Officer Craig Peer, uh, a six-year veteran of the California Highway Patrol, illustrates what happens when independent civilian oversight is not part of misconduct uh, investigations. After stopping Knott, ostensibly for a traffic violation, and I'm saying Pierre. You know what you say? Pierre? Pierre, probably? Pierre. Made sexual advances on her. When she refused, he killed her by bludgeoning her with his flashlight, strangling her, and then tossing her body over a bridge. It turned out that a number of young woman, women had also been victims of Pierre's advances. And while they had filed complaints with CHP's Internal Affairs Unit, the Department of Internal Investigations dismissed their complaints, finding in favor of Pierre. Pierre is now serving a life sentence in California prison for Knott's murder. Third one she puts out here, and this is something that was argued in Slate that day, is that every single law enforcement officer should be wearing one of the body cameras. We all saw how well that worked out in the case here of Alton. She wraps up, all the outrage surrounding the violence against unarmed black people this summer will amount to nothing if we simply settle for more investigations and more training. There are steps we can take to reduce police violence, and they have been proven to work. Now we're back, though, to where we always are. Of I don't know what the fuck to do about any of this. I want to act, and I don't know how to act. I don't know. I don't know how to challenge a Supreme Court thing. I don't know if you talk to the individual police departments about expanding police force before the show. I tweeted a criminal sociology professor. I know I've not gotten a response. I was late on that. And I, 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 I'm sorry. I texted a sociology professor and then I, I tweeted at the NAACP because I don't know what to do with this rage, this anger, this hurt, these emotions. And I it's to the point now where it's I, I it's not I can't sit there and just say because I mean, spoiler alert again in two weeks a gorilla is going to almost kill a baby or someone's going to shoot up a church or there's going to be like, there's going to be another thing that will make us forget about this except for the family. You know what I mean? Except for the people who are immediately structured by this struck by this. Do we know what he did? The art, the, the initial call is that he's outside selling his CDs at these white tables, which he apparently does all the time according to the store store clerk. But it was an anonymous call that somebody had seen him threaten someone with a gun. So and, and this is always such a sticky situation. Again, we're we're shooting from the hip here on information that's from yesterday in our world. Hopefully, there's more information, more clarity, more mm-hmm. insight by the time we get to Friday for the posting on Patreon. Monday for this, I understand. I'm a police officer. I've been told someone has pointed a gun at someone, and I'm coming into that obviously hopped up on adrenaline. Right. And that's that. I uh, I understand that as a police officer, you're putting your life on the line to investigate these kind of situations. Now. 
What happens before that camera goes on? What does Alton say to them? What do they say back? No idea. But I do know that he gets thrown in. He gets tackled into a car when it looks like he's just walking around thrown on the ground. And then it looks to me and I'm and I mean, this is the whole problem of like it. We're all outsiders, bystanders. We weren't there. It looks to me like he's either trying to put his hand behind him or just get it out of their way. It doesn't look like he's reaching for a gun to me. It looks I mean, that, my, my thing there, looking at that video, not knowing any of this, it's just when they say stop moving, he doesn't stop moving and he had a gun on him. So like that, that's the only thing there is like they sure. only, he only pulled the gun when someone screamed he has a gun. Yeah, the, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. Again, I'm not at all trying to take sides or anything. I don't know I, anything no, about this. Just yeah. based off that, we're video. all just watching two videos and coming to and, conclusions. Don't and get me it's, wrong. You know, I've had many issues with the cops personally and uh, understanding all this stuff. So it's like this is not okay, obviously. Um. But you know, the cops, there's they have a job, and you're right. Like if if they say this guy has a gun, he's waving a gun. That's a scary situation. There's adrenaline. There, it needs to be taken care of somehow. This way, no, not necessarily tackling someone to the ground. When is that okay? And what really bothers me is this thing about the they get to decide the force and how much force is, you know, acceptable for each individual situation. Like I feel like that kind of needs to be the thing that's um, redesigned a bit. And I don't know mm-hmm. like how that happens. What what Supreme Court shit needs to be voted for or whatever for that to go down. But that is unacceptable. I think that seems to be like the kind of the issue because the police do have power over us. And I think that this goes back to kind of the gun control thing of in this case, he did have a gun on him and all the other ones, it seems like they didn't have guns. Right. Right? I, that is a great point that it's not apples to apples. Potentially. I mean, you never know. There was that case. I think it was like three ago where the, you literally saw the cop walk up and throw the gun. Put the gun. No, for sure. So we don't know what happened in that scuffle. And it's conceivable that well, this is going to look like he pulled it out of his pocket. Yeah. Did we see anyone put it into his pocket. Right. We don't see that. The camera dips in both instances. We don't really know what's going on. We don't really know what's going on with with two police officers. The thing that's disconcerting to me is there's two trained police officers who are not small human beings, seemingly from the videos that can't subdue one single person without shooting him in the back four times. Um, or shooting him in the chest, rather. That's 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 a tough pill to swallow, right? Whether regardless of whether or not this guy had a gun in his pocket when he was going for it. Um, and again, I, I don't want to put myself in that situation. I don't I obviously wouldn't react well because I'm not a trained police officer. But it's this reminds me a lot of the um, uh, I forgot the gentleman's name, the guy from uh, Fruitvale Station, the one that was over in Fruitvale. That the cop, oh the Bart one. Uh, yeah, Eric. I uh, not Eric. Um, shit. I'll check for you. Keep Thank going. You. You know who the cop thought he was pulling his taser and pulled his gun and shot him in the ch- and you know shot him in the back. Um, it's just this is a hard Oscar Grant. Oscar Grant, thank you. Um, this is just, it's a hard job for any human being to do. We're putting a lot of pressure on police. We're putting I get a ton that. of pressure on them. Like I don't, I would not react well in a situation where someone brandished a gun either. We all like to think we would. We'd all like to think because we're conditioned by movies that we'd go into action and have some sort of amazing Kung Fu prowess, but in reality would get shot or killed or worse. But I mean, I think um, the thing here with the, the cop though, it's like if the cop says don't move or I will shoot you and right. you keep moving and I get that you're moving because you're scared and because, because like, you're, you're terrified because you've got, down. Down. Yeah, you got yeah. two guys that are probably using excessive force on you when they should. I mean, that, that's the problem. I mean, he's in a bad situation. Like would he have been fucked regardless? You know, history says, yeah. Like looking back at all these well, other things. That's, see, that's the bigger issue, right? Is it's not necessarily the gun control issue, and it's not necessarily the police brutality issue. Where there is an in, inherent racism. Um, there's an in, there is a racism that's that, that's the factor here, right? Um, and that I think is the root of the, of the issue that we're that we're trying to deal with as a society right now is that there's an institutionalized racism against minorities, specifically black people, in this in this occasion that we have to address. Like, 
it's such a bigger issue than any one specific example. These are the what you're seeing here is sort of the the effect of that bigger issue is the effect of these of, of, of our society trying to keep these impoverished areas down and, and, and impoverished. We need to be going, you know, there's a lot more that can be done in that regard. There's a great guy that we actually should try to get on the podcast. He's been making the podcast rounds and I forget mm-hmm. his name. I'll look it up in a second, but he's an ex Baltimore PD officer who talks a lot about this subject and I'll, I'll shoot him over to you so you can listen to okay. the podcast I'm talking to, but it's fascinating to hear sort of the, the mentality that police officers have when they approach minorities specifically black people in baltimore uh and how they are looked at almost almost preyed upon um and it's it's fucking terrifying and it's absurd right and they always to use to and i'm gonna misquote them a little bit but the the general idea is right we always talk about statistics we talk about things in statistics right where specifically uh, it's statistically higher that people there's higher crime rates in 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 in, uh areas of higher poverty right with higher minority groups um and he talks a lot about how that's a skewed statistic because because the officers are told that they're also told to go make more busts with people and minorities. Right. So they're harder on people that have uh, uh, weed on them. They're harder on people that are doing smaller infractions than they would be uh, in typical, you know, uh, uh, higher wealth areas. Um, and so there's they're basically, in fact, skewing the statistics. So there's all sorts of shit that's good that goes into play here. That's not just the one to one connection. Um, however, I do agree with that point of more civilian oversight because I don't think it's very possible uh, for police to necessarily police police, I, it's 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 hard. Like I can understand putting yourself in a DA stand, uh, standpoint or a government official standpoint. You don't want to be the guy that cracks down on the police because that's a bad look too. Um, Which I'll, is what's so up fucked up. Yeah, you do that. I was trying to find frantically. I'd seen in the things from tweets today. There was somebody who put up an article of why black people don't when the why because like my whole I'm with you on uh, to an extent probably the whole extent not whatever we're not there but like anytime an officer approached me it's no sir yes sir and I'm very rigid right whereas like I don't understand what's happening before that video to make him continue to move and not do this or that that's that's the thing is that you know I'm loath to render a verdict on this as of yet because the video seems pretty cut and dry but there's a lot of important evidence missing right now sure a, I hate this term of the. I, I was reading about this. The anonymous, the anonymous. There is no such thing as an anonymous nine one one call. It's nonsense. They know exactly who made that call. There's a number traced. You can't block your number from a nine one one call. Like they know who made the fucking call. It's recorded. They have all mm-hmm. of that. So that's first of all number one nonsense. So you need to go to that person and figure that out. If it's made in a payphone, you need to do some investigations. You need to figure out who made that call and figure out what they actually saw. That's number one. That's important. So I hate this thing about the anonymous nine one one call. I've never heard of that in my life. Number two, uh, there's a dash cam video. That's going to give us great perspective on this as well. Um, and we're going to need that as well. We need information about what happened there. My my gut instinct tells me that these guys fucked up with this guy. But he was armed. But yeah. in Louisiana, as long as you're 18 and not a felon, you can have a gun on you and you can have it in your pocket and whatever. You don't need to like tell anyone that you have it. It's an open carry state. So that's and, so you have to go into those situations of Baton Rouge or in New Orleans or New Orleans or wherever, knowing that whatever parish you're in there, parishes being counties in Louisiana, that you that you um are going to be dealing with some pretty volatile people regardless of where you're at because they could be armed. So I, so there's an extra tension there as well. Sure. The thing, the reason why I don't want to render a verdict yet because I need more information is this because you brought up the Ferguson thing. Yeah. What happened in Ferguson was a tragedy in the sense that in a specific sense that it renewed or renewed or reminded us that there is a lot of racial tension in the United States still, but people forget that Michael Brown's murder was done by a guy who was not even charged with the murder. Because both the local and state authorities and the federal government said that he protected himself and acted in self-defense. And that's the thing that everyone seems to lose sight of. 
But we acted so quickly and so hastily sure. when we talked about Ferguson that we didn't let the facts play out. And even the federal government said that that guy didn't do anything wrong, you know. And that's a, that's the thing that that's that's the thing that's lost with a lot of things with Ferguson, because I was the one who I think did the Ferguson conversation or talked about, so, yeah. about a lot about that. And I stand by everything I said in the sense that there is racial discrepancies in this country that need to be rectified. There is a deep seated racism in the United States against black people specifically that goes back hundreds of years long before any of our families mm-hmm. were even here. Um, and that there are po- brutal police killings. You talk about Eric Garner, Eric Garner in New York City, for instance, totally fucking just murdered. That's choked. Like, choked down like, yeah, those, like, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. But I think that there's a little bit of reluctance. What was, with what the, was pul- the verdict on that, by the way? I, I don't remember. I believe. He, yeah, I think, I, I think, I think that, it, no indictment. Yeah, I think they got off. Um, like so, like with Eric Garner, I think that that was a little more. But here's the thing about it. And here's why I want I'm, I'm a little more reluctant is because with Ferguson, everyone kind of jumped into the fray and didn't let the, fa- the facts play out. And if you read about what happened with Michael Brown, what happened with that police officer, like the what happened was that the both the local and state authorities and the federal government found his witnesses corroborating his his version of the story that he was being rushed and that he had shot him that guy in self-defense as totally credible and found the that all the or a lot of the witnesses that said that he wasn't acting in self-defense, not credible. And in fact, some of those witnesses said that they didn't even see it after all that all happened. And so when you see that kind of stuff mm-hmm. play out over months and months and months, it makes me a little more reluctant to say, like, okay, we need facts here. My gut instinct tells me what happened in Baton Rouge down in Louisiana is fucking nonsense. And those guys are probably going to get in a lot of trouble for what they did. But I think the general public might be a little more reluctant to jump into this and get a little more mad because they might feel burned by what happened in Ferguson when we all made assumptions about what happened there and it didn't happen the way that everyone thought it happened. Mm-hmm. See, I wish you that know? was true. I bet that so many people who jumped in were that was the thing to be mad about for the day. Don't know even know that. Okay, in the end, it didn't turn out that it was fine. You're not fine, but you know what I mean. That there was that it wasn't the same as the guy being choked in New York. Right. And to your point, I want to play a thing for you. From did you see this from Hot 97 today? No, I just the the gentleman's name I was talking about was Michael Wood Jr. Oh, okay. So you can hear him. Uh, he's been on numerous episodes of Joe Rogan's podcast, but he's made the podcast around. So definitely look him up. He's got some very interesting and unique perspectives. Well, so, been to what you were talking about, officer. you know how tough it is to get an internal review from the police and have mm-hmm. an honest thing from that. Uh, today on Rosenberg Radio on Hot 97, uh, they were talking to a police expert about it, or I think former police expert or what do you know what I mean former officer maybe mm-hmm. just radio expert now and I thought this was just telling in a good point of like why everything's so fucked up right now as an officer yourself it looks bad no you know I, I will tell you that it's um well, can you say the words it looks bad <laughs> I have to say this this is the problem I have with police officers and no disrespect to you y'all don't ever want to point at someone else and say you can't do your job well right. I can tell you right now if I heard a radio personality get on the air and do something irresponsible I'd go that's a bad radio personality yes. he does a bad job yes. police officers never want to say when y'all do a bad job so that's the reason the public thinks all of you are bad because you won't ever call someone out and say they murdered someone in cold blood it happened again and until you guys start taking responsibility for your own people in the street are going to be upset instead so how about y'all lead the movement instead how about instead of people rioting police officers get out in front of it themselves and you guys are the first ones on the front lines that's what should happen instead of you struggling to say well i don't know it could be they murdered that man we just saw it again jumping to conclusions yeah i mean I, i honestly think i think that they're probably right but that's not the way our system works it's beyond a reasonable doubt they have to be indicted and they have to be tried by a, a jury yeah. of their peers. So I don't agree with that particular approach either yeah, because there is there is significant information missing. Are they going into what did the police officers see before this happened? Was the guy brandishing a gun? What are the like? And again, because this is this is literally 24, 36 hours old. We right. just don't have all the information yet. There's so much information missing. I don't. 
my, my, my instinct, if someone was like, if someone, and I hate to use this terminology with this kind of stuff, if someone put a gun in my head and said, did these guys fucking murder this guy or not? I'd be like, yeah, they probably did. You know? But I just don't know. How did they know? Like, there's certain things in that video where I'm like, okay, how did they know where the gun was? They did, that guy went right to the gun and just got it right out of his pocket. Did, did the guy reach for, like, there's, there's I mean, things. possible they saw it, did, right? Yeah, did it's they possibly look, saw I mean, the, it looked like he was it. reaching, like, as he was bleeding, it looked like he was reaching for that pocket. And, and like. I knew from looking at that video, I thought the gun was in that pocket because it looked like he was reaching for that. And pocket. my take, my, my take on it was, I'm sorry, I'm still. I just want to, I want to just so I'm clear, like that maybe not what happened. Maybe that's probably not what happened, but there's all this information we don't have. We, this shit is a tragedy when people die, it's a tragedy and it's serious, but so too are the, are, are uh, there other uh, factors that have to be taken into consideration? We cannot jump to conclusions that mob justice is not the solution to this, you know? And we saw how that played out in Ferguson. That city was fucking destroyed. Yeah. And a state and local uh, jurisdiction refused to indict the man. And the, de the Department of Justice said he didn't do anything other than act in self-defense. But we fucking raised the earth for months over this thing. And I'm not saying that the Michael Brown was a fucking criminal. You know, I'm not saying Michael Brown deserved to die. What I'm saying is that cop made a split second decision in that mm -hmm. time. And as the son of a fucking civil servant, my dad is a New York City fireman. I know that these people go out, out out every day and risk their lives, and a lot of people don't appreciate that. There's yeah. more than one side of this equation. So while you know, I think Marlene Pinnock, or Marlene Pinnock, who's the woman you mentioned here, I think she was the one that was like clearly pulled out of her car and like beaten for no reason. That's that's a fucking terrible thing. Eric Garner, it's a terrible thing. But not all of these things are created equal either. 100%. And so we have to we have to just take it on a case by case basis. I'm not I'm not excusing police officers like Tim. I've had bad experiences with cops in my in my time too. And I don't, and I, I understand where that where why people don't trust them, and I certainly understand why minorities and, and Black America do, do not have a, a trust for cops. But we cannot jump to conclusions because we need all the information that is going to strengthen the argument later on, and that is going to strengthen the case, and not put all of these things together mm -hmm. just to make it numerically stronger when all of them aren't aren't created equal. We need more information, and hopefully, like Greg said, by the time this publishes and by the time everyone sees this on YouTube, there is more information. But I am not comfortable after what happened in Ferguson to just jump to conclusions and say like this is the way it went down. Sure. I feel like the, I feel like the confusion comes in and and some of the fear and anger comes in when you feel like you the cops can't get there's no fair trial being given to these cops, right? Like That's the problem when it's so clear a guy gets choked to death and right, nothing there. And nothing happens or um I I again I should really know these but what was the other incident where the the gen the guy was in the back of a squad like a, a paddy wagon? And they were like bouncing him back and forth and he got, he suffered like brain damage from it. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I mean, all, that's the thing, dude, is that all, that he was like slamming his head. Did it? I think so. There's all, that's my, that's my but, point. I don't know. But this I, is I with the guy that got choked out. He would continue to resist. So it's like, yeah, it's sad. But why would he resist? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. And this like is he was illegally selling cigarettes on the street. Yeah, not not worthy of a death penalty, certainly. But, but, Maybe a ticket. But like and New York City cops. I mean, I come from New York. They very bad reputation. You know, like. Not so much post 9-11, but people have to remember in the 70s and 80s, New York City was a shithole, like a shithole. And, and it, it was brought back through tough policing, through all that kind of stuff with Rudy Giuliani and all those guys after decades of total. Like you guys would not recognize New York City, like the stories my dad tells me about New York City is in the 70s. and 80s, like it was mm -hmm. unrecognizable. So like there, all I'm saying is, is there a racism problem in the United States? Fuck yeah, there's a racism problem in the United States. Is what happened in Ferguson, regardless of what happened with Michael Brown and that cop there, and what happened with the indictment and all that kind of stuff, was that an indicative of a of a society of a segment of society that has been long brought down and long felt like no one listens to them? Yes. Is the reaction there reasonable, regardless of what happened to Michael Brown? Yeah, it is, and I understand why that happened. And that's what I said on the Ferguson episode was that we have to deal with this shit because there is a racial, there's an underlying racial injustice in the United States. That's true. But we have to take these things on a case by case basis. And what's unfortunate 
when I was reading about this, there were two things I was looking for in the stories, and mm-hmm. it took me a while to find the answers. I had actually to go to multiple things. I was like, were these cops white? It took me three stories to find that. I couldn't believe that, number one. Because I was like, if they're not white, if they're actually black, then this is, has a whole nother connotation, which is just as interesting and dynamic and brings it into a left fucking direction mm-hmm. about policing in the United States. But they were white. So I was like, OK, this is going to follow the main through line that we've been dealing with for a few years with with policing white pol- with white policemen policing what seems to be black neighborhoods mm-hmm. or racially diverse neighborhoods, which is neither here nor there, but probably not the right solution. Right. And the second thing was, did they have uh, body cams on? And they did. And that was a major thing, too. The problem with policing the police officers, uh, policing the police, as the story says, is that it's all on a local and state level. Like we don't have a federal police force in the United States, mm-hmm. they're the FBI, and they don't deal with local crimes. That's not what mm-hmm. they do. So, um, so it's hard to change everything. You have it's a piecemeal, slow approach. It's going to take patience, but I understand why the patience is is waning when this shit kind of shit happens. I also feel like this shit has been happening forever, unfortunately, and that we're more heightened because of social media and all that kind of stuff as well. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It just says that that's the way it is as well. But I just feel like these problems need to be dealt with and I understand the anger and I would like to contribute to a positive solution as well. I just don't know what the positive solution is because it doesn't seem like with many of these cases that it's so cut and dry. Like the Bart shooting was cut and dry. Yeah. Right. It was an accident apparently, but that guy was fucking murdered, you know, in cold blood. Did he go to jail? I think that cop was, uh, you can look at me. I think he, I think that cop did go away. Yeah. Um, but again, with the Michael Brown thing, when you jump to conclusions, it makes the investigation more difficult and you have to, you know, but I get the anger uh, like, and we, and I think we all feel that anger in a lot of different ways. I hate to make it more political than it is, but like, I feel that anger in a similar way about like the police policing the police, right? Mm-hmm. Like Hillary Clinton or, or the FBI. You know, yeah. Yeah. Not, like Hillary Clinton, not indicted, just, Hillary just Clinton. not indicted by the yeah, FBI and by no the problem. department of justice. There's nothing shady about that either. When there's no outside, you know, like, yeah, of course they're not going to go after the Clintons. Of course they're not. But yeah. if you did that, you would go away. And what the curious thing about this is like he if was what happened, guilty, by the way, the, the bar shooting, shooting cop in the bar shooting. shooting. Yeah. Look up the thing with with Michael Brown and see what the situation is with with that over there. Like what if anyone was indicted at all? He was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter and not guilty of second degree murder or involuntary manslaughter. Right. Sorry. So anyway, like what I'm saying is that we have it in 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 in, 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 uh, in the United States, I think, and maybe in a lot of places, I certainly in a lot of places, actually. A problem of just complete corruption, a problem of of not of the right thing not being done of justice. Ju- you know, the beauty of justice, uh, New York, New York State's flag is is um, is, you know, justice holding the scales or whatever. And mm-hmm. she has a blindfold on that. The, the entire idea of that is like is like you the scales of justice, like you feel what's right, like you don't sure. see you don't. And we, we've lost sight of of how to do that in the United States. And unfortunately, in socioeconomic ways, in ways of life and death, in ways of education and poverty and. All these things, it's the injustice is pointed downward at the people that are least able to protect themselves or make a better life for themselves or their families, which typically in the United States, unfortunately, is in urban areas and sometimes in in minority dominated areas where they just aren't getting a fair shake. And it's not right, you know. And so regardless of the case by case basis of all these things, it's indicative of a problem, a massive problem societal problem in the United States. Racism didn't die with the Civil War. It didn't die with the end of Jim Crow. It didn't die with the end of separate but equal or Brown versus the Board of Education. It didn't die in 1964 with the Civil Rights Act. It didn't die with any of these things. It's still alive in 2016, 240 years after the founding, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a problem. And I think that that's the one thing that is for sure 100% true that we can tell from these videos and stuff is this, these things keep happening. People have cameras on their phones, so we're going to keep getting these videos and they're going to keep going viral on the internet and people are going to feel and see the racism no matter what happens. This guy was targeted like no matter what it ends up being like this video is indicative of an issue. Mm-hmm. So I think that like that is a fact. I don't there's no 
arguing that. So way back to where you were saying, like, how they know the gun was in the pocket or whatever. My belief in what was seen, and and this is again in the heat of the moment. I understand your journalist problem. You're an officer. Da 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 da. I, from what it looked like for me when he's finally on the ground, the, his right arm starts to go down. I don't think to reach for the gun. I think to put it aside or go behind his back. And again, I'm reading off of wobbly webcam footage from a car. Who the fuck knows? But I, I assume you, they saw the handle of the gun yeah, and then thought he was reaching for it. Mm-hmm. But it isn't that he's reaching for a gun, right? What is the quote exactly? I think it's gun. He has a gun. He has a gun. He's got a gun. Gun. You know what I mean? And I think, I don't know. Yeah, and um, to to just be clear, but I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, please go. I'm sorry. So yeah, and to be clear, also because as this information is still unfolding, I saw one um, news screenshot. Well, last night when it was all popping off, the photos everybody was putting up and saying, "Make sure the media uses this. Make sure the media uses this." Was him smiling out in the park or whatever? You know, you know, a barbecue out with his kids, Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck it was. And then I saw the one screen cap on Oga this morning of it being reported on, and it is him in an orange jumpsuit from at some point when he was incarcerated or in jail or whatever so i'm not here saying i'm not saying he's this you know perfect individual i don't know i I assume no one is a perfect individual i am saying that it just seems like this was a bit excessive Mm -hmm. and this is why i want to be this is the reason you know going back to the michael brown killing michael brown only was an 18 year old boy and ferguson obviously didn't deserve to die for what he did but but did go, you know, the reason that I, I want to say, like, we got to wait for more information. We have to wait for more evidence. We have to wait for some more conclusive things from people that know a lot more about us than about how to deal with these kinds of things than we do criminologists or whatever. And, you know, professionals in the in the Ferguson shooting. Here's what it says on Wikipedia about witness accounts. Multiple witnesses saw part or all the events and have given interviews to the media, testified to the grand jury and were interviewed by the U.S. Department of Justice. The witness accounts were conflicting on various points. David A. Klinger, a criminologist at the University of of Missouri, St. Louis, said the eyewitness testimony often differs from witness to witness, a phenomenon commonly known as Rashomon effect. An Associated Press review of the grand jury found that there were numerous problems in the witness testimony, including statements that were inconsistent, fabricated or provably wrong. Several of the witnesses witnesses admitted changing their testimony to fit released evidence or other witness statements. Prosecuting attorney Robert McCullough said, quote, I thought it was important to present anybody and everybody and some that were, yes, clearly not telling the truth. No question about it. End quote. The Department of Justice investigation into the shooting determined that witnesses who corroborated Wilson's account were credible with those who while those who contradicted his account were not. The witnesses that claimed Brown was surrendering or did not move toward Wilson were not credible. The report stated that their claims were inconsistent with the physical evidence, other witness statements and in some cases prior statements from the same witness. No witness statements that pointed to Wilson's guilt were determined to be credible. None from the Department of Justice. 24 statements were determined to lack any credibility, while eight which were found credible corroborated Wilson's account. Nine did not completely contradict or corroborate Wilson's account. Several witnesses reported fear of reprisals from the community for providing evidence that corroborated Wilson's account. Mm-hmm. So this is why you don't get into the into this problem, because I don't know if Wilson really like shot the man or not. But the Department of Justice, the federal government mm-hmm. came in and said that this guy didn't do anything. You know, and. Or at least they don't have the information that they need to, to, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt to even indict the man or think that they're going to get that and all that kind of stuff. So all I'm saying is that this is this is this is another component of the problem is like mob mentality, mob justice. This happened. We immediately jumped to conclusions, all this kind of stuff. I'm not saying that this guy, these guys didn't do any did or didn't do anything wrong. I don't know. You know, like, that's the thing. No, like, I, I don't again, know. Again, another perfect example of that is like what my statements earlier, right, where I, I know the very first day facts of the case. I have no idea how they played out. Right? Yeah. I have no idea. Who got indicted for what, right? Because I, my, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't take the time to actually figure it out. And that's why, to your, like, to your, you know, original point, of what can we do? We can keep talking about it because that's what we have to do. We do. We should have Kevin look those up right now, and we should be able to figure out who went to jail for what and whether or not that was rational. And like, Colin, that blew my mind. I thought those guys 
I had no idea that's how the the case in Ferguson ended. Because we all got distracted by something else. Or we all got distracted by the well, other. We also all made assumptions. I certainly made an assumption. Right. I was like, that guy fucking murdered that dude. Everyone saw it. Right. And that's the end of that. You know? And what I realized is that we could take some um, sociological things out of what happened there. We right. can take some... Uh, we can take some racial things out of what happened there. We can certainly see that there's a boiling point in the United States in these communities for sure, regardless of what or what didn't happen to Michael Brown. But what we know based on the local and state police uh, and what we know based on the federal government and the Department of Justice, which is quite insistent on going after people that have civil rights violations and all these kinds of things and hate crimes and stuff like that, found the man that he didn't even want to indict him. And that's important. And it's sad that a lot of people don't know that that happened. In fact, I really remember not knowing that until like a little while ago right. where I was reading about it. And I'm like, what? You know, like, and that kind of changed my mind on it. That's why, like, I don't want to go if the, if, if the if the topic is racial injustice, if the topic is there's not there's an uneven playing field and all these kinds of things. Fuck, yeah, there is. Of course, there is. It's demonstrable every day in the United States. Everyone sees that if that man was white. He might, that might not have ever happened at all. Those police officers might have went at him in a very different way. All of that's true. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is that let's just wait to see what the fuck it says. For you know? the record, in my mind, the topic is why do black people keep getting shot and cops keep getting away with it? The answer, I believe, is in here in terms of what reasonable doubt or not reasonable doubt, what uh, excessive force is based yeah. on this Graham versus Connor thing, because that's what I didn't understand in terms of. Whether it's Michael Brown, whether it's what what's going to happen here, whether it's what happened with the the dude who got choked in New York, right? I don't understand how it keeps happening. Yeah. And this answer is a question for me. I mean, the big thing there, I mean, this guy getting shot, why did he get shot? Like, what is the, the excuse, the reasoning right. for why he got shot? Like, what could the cops possibly say? It's like, oh, he was reaching for a gun and we were protecting the people around him. Is that why he got shot? Or protecting themselves. Or But, like, even then, it's like, but, but my question then is, like, why four or five shots? Like, how? They're, they're trained to do that. To shoot over and over again. You pull out a gun. It's to end the situation. Yeah, you. It's not. I'm gonna shoot him in the leg. I'm gonna shoot at the biggest part of their body. Can people hear you? You're saying good things. I just if it's yeah no no. I I mean like I had a friend whose father was a cop and recently passed away. Right. Um and like the I asked the same question once and he was like that's what we're trained to do. When we pull out a gun, like shooting is hard. Aiming at someone is difficult. You aim at the largest part of their body, center mass, Mm -hmm. and you. Empty your clip. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what they're trained to do. Mm. And it's, you know. I mean, yeah, again, it's unfortunate. And, and you know, Colin, your point is very, very valid, right? Like, judging, jumping to conclusions is dangerous. Um, and your other point of, yeah, there is, you know, there is an undercurrent of racism in this country still. And that's how, you know, you keep seeing this over and over again because that is the mentality that people, that, that I believe white police officers have when dealing with black people is that you go in assuming that these people, that something bad is going to happen, right? Um, and again, I fight if there I, I fully realize that that is an impossible situation that anyone's being put in on either side. Right. I mean, you're talking about human beings policing other human beings, which is really, really difficult. I I don't know that it's possible to get it right 100 percent of the time. Um, but I do know that we you know, by talking about it, by researching and knowing the facts and understanding how all these situations play out, we can get a little bit closer to understanding how to solve the problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just to to. It reminds me. It's, it's so it's it's so interesting because not that it has anything to do with race, but it has to do with with uh, topics of justice and topics of mob mentality versus what's doing doing what's right. I, I was rewatching with Aaron recently 
um, John Adams with Paul Giamatti, which is based on a mm-hmm. David McCullough book. Fantastic series on HBO miniseries. Fantastic book. Uh, David McCullough is a fucking hero amongst historians. The guy's really a, a fantastic writer. And he talks in the first episode about the, or the first episode is about the Boston Massacre and which happened in 1770. And for people that don't know what happened, basically British troops stationed in front of uh, a storehouse or something in, in Boston opened fire on a group of protesters, a, br- a group of colonial protesters. This is five years before Lexington had conquered. Like things hadn't really gotten violent yet. Mm-hmm. And they kill five people, including a child. And the British soldiers uh, there are automatically deemed guilty by a very hostile Boston community. These people are already, the Sons of Liberty have already been founded. A lot of these people are already separatists and they don't want, you know, th- th- there's a lot of fear that these people can't get a fair trial. And John Adams steps in and says, I'll represent the soldiers. No one will represent them. No one will represent them. No lawyer will represent the, the soldiers because they all don't believe their accounts and they all don't mm-hmm. want them to get off anyway. And John Adams is like, what's important here is not our narrative but what the fuck actually happened? Because it strengthens our case later that we are we, we believe in the rule of law, that we believe in checks and balances, that right. we don't just go after these people and fucking string them up and hang them when we don't have all the information. And what ended up happening in the Boston Massacre? Those soldiers didn't do anything. You know, like what it's 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 not quite as cut and dry as that. But like it, it so happens that those soldiers were egged on, that they were attacked with clubs and attacked with snowballs with rocks in them and. And someone might have, in the crowd might have sh- shouted fire and there was confusion and all those kinds of things. But that only came out when someone did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so people made assumptions or wanted a certain verdict, but it wasn't so. And so even though that has nothing to do with necessarily black America, nothing to do with contemporary politics, it's a good example of why that that later on years later strengthened their cause, you know, and mm-hmm. helped them because they said, like, we did the right thing by these guys, even though we fucking hated them. We hated those fucking red coats. We hated them. And we still represented them and gave them their day in court. Well, that, that comes down to the idea of the rules and stuff. And I think with this, like, what can we do or what needs to happen? I think rules need to be made. It sounds ridiculous to me that, that the police get to decide how much force is allowed for each individual situation. So given this situation, right, that they're allowed to decide that. I think that they need to be able to be trialed after or tried after and... Um, someone needs to decide whether or not it was excessive. So going forward, there can be rules of what is and what is not. The idea that they're they're they had cameras on them and the, the cameras they cannot work got knocked off is, or is that's not acceptable. Like if if you're gonna do excessive force, like there needs to be some rule of if your camera's not on and you shoot people, you're fucked. Like make sure that thing's not falling off. You know, and I get that there's situations yeah. and I get that you're wrestling, whatever. Make sure the cameras are better. It seems convenient it's a good, that they both got ripped off. It, but it's also a case of like, is this the first time that these these body cams were used in sure. this particular or this type of body cam was used in this jurisdiction? Mm-hmm. And they learned something that they didn't know about. Exactly. Like, you know, like, no, and fair enough. But I just think that there, that stuff needs to be looked at because to me, hearing this, it's unacceptable that the body cams that are supposed to be able to tell us everything can only tell us things halfway. And again, it could. There's so many things that could have happened that is completely in the the cops favor that it did fall off because they were wrestling and we see them wrestling. We see that that should yeah, happen. Exactly. But we need to figure out next time so that that doesn't happen. I would still like to see that footage though. Right. Cause I would say like how far off could it have fallen? Like you're, you're assuming it's something that's, that's somehow tethered to the body. So if it fall out, they have it. And also, is there more audio? Is there I more? Guarantee there's a lot, I mean, those are, those are, those are key pieces that we're, we haven't seen yet. I guarantee they will be. And that's what I'm saying, dude, we need somewhat this is, illuminating. And I'm sure the Baton Rouge police, police department and the federal government now I'm sure is involved completely is, yeah. is, is there. And what they have to do is what happened before they arrived? Who is the fucking 911 caller? Like, because by the way, there is a minor culpability with a 911 caller. If that guy didn't draw a gun on someone, because those guys went in, heated and ready for a fucking fight and if that never happened mm. then that guy is responsible 
for, for the outcome of that. So that's re- or that girl is responsible for the outcome of that. So if that really did happen, if that guy really did draw a gun on someone. That's fucking serious, you know. Yeah. And that changes the whole like. So that particular call is important. Also, like the different cameras and the different angles, the dash cam, the witnesses, the store owner. We need all of that information. My, again, my gut instinct tells me that this guy, these guys are going away. You know, well, or at least one see, of them, I mean, whoever the shooters, looking, but who see, the hell knows? Based man? on this who evidence, knows? I'm looking at this thinking the opposite, right? I'm looking at this thinking they found a gun. Probably that, that was probable cause. That's that's them uh, defending themselves. They're going to get off. I'm not saying that they should. I'm saying looking based on this, based on how people have gotten off before. I yeah. guarantee, I guarantee and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Walking. I'm 60, 40 or 40, 60, right? Yeah, right. Not good enough. Right. You know, <laughs> it's just not good enough. We need 99.9% likelihood. We need 99% likelihood. We need a beyond a reasonable doubt. That's the only thing that matters. And so we need to, we need, they, and I'm sure there aren't the boots on the ground doing hard work that's necessary. Let them do their work and let them figure this out in, in an honest way. And that's what they did in Ferguson. And that's what they're going to do here. And that's what they're, they did with Eric Garner. And that's what they did with the BART shooting and all those kinds of things. And the outcomes, this, this is the thing I'm thinking, saying is that the outcomes are all different because they're all fucking different situations. Yeah, 100%. 100%. The only through line is what is probably con- perceived as accurate, which is racism, right? Mm-hmm. Would that man have been approached differently if he was white, even if he was Latino, you know, than if he was a black man in Baton Rouge? Is this a black community? I don't know. I don't know enough about. It. I know. I don't Baton Rouge overall is in a, is in a black community. So is, is this is this part of Baton Rouge a black community? If so, why are there white cops? Is there some sort of uh, hostility or some sort of tension between? Them? Well, there's a bunch of questions. This takes so much time, yeah. you know, to figure this out. And we, I'd rather just do it right. Sure. You know? So that's three where I stand. Po- three things I want to toss in real quick. Two are just in this part of CNN's article uh, for the policing the police thing. I googled uh, the Seattle what they changed their uh, you know excessive force to right. And what I found was actually an article reporting on the fact that a number of Seattle uh, police officers were suing to change it back, saying that this was micromanagement and they can't be in, in in their jobs in the heat of the moment. You can't run through a checklist of fifty things to figure out if you can pull your firearm. Otherwise, you're dead. I wanted to put that out there. I hit up the reporter from I think it was the Seattle Times that wrote about it. He hasn't responded back to me yet because you know how hard it is to pin down an ever-changing story if that ever happened. Uh, what I like from this, uh, again, it's one. It's the owner of the store, right? Triple S Food Mart. Uh, but the, 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 Sterling was known as the CD man, a laid-back guy who would sell tunes and DVDs outside convenience store where he, where he was shot, according to local media. Goes on about how he was a respected man, loved in the community, so on and so forth. And then uh, Abdullah what do you want to say there? Muflahi? Muflahi. Muflahi. The owner of the Triple S Food Mart said he saw the officer slam Sterling out of the car. Quote, they told him not to move, he said. He was asking what he did wrong. He said the officers then used a stun gun on Sterling at least once before the shooting. They got on top of him, ordered him not to move. Closest one gun. We, we cover all that stuff. But here, this is, I th- find interesting. Uh, Mufali had said that he'd known Sterling for six years and never saw a confrontation between Sterling and anyone. Sterling never got into fights, he said. And the store owner said he wasn't aware of any incident Tuesday that would have spurred the 911 call. Quote, just five minutes before he walked into the store getting something to drink, joking around, and we were calling each other's names. They were having a good time. Back to this, Sterling has had encounters with law enforcement before. In 2009, he was charged with carrying a weapon, a firearm, while in possession of a controlled substance, marijuana. He pleaded guilty two years later and was sentenced to five years in prison great drug laws and gun stuff we have going on with credit for time served and recommendation recommendation of work release and drug treatment sterling had pleaded guilty to other charges in the past there's no evidence that officers who responded to the convenience store early tuesday were aware of his criminal history yeah there and there's so much there's so much more to this story man like i, I that's what i'm saying like that this does this isn't all the information that 911 calls the fucking canary in the coal mine though like yeah. about like one way or the other you know one way or the other something happened or it didn't, but 
this is the thing. It's like, this is why this topic would have been better like next week or in two weeks in, in a way. Well, I, I appreciate that we're again. talking about I it now. We should follow but up. I mean, honestly, I think that's, that's the whole my point. point. We should we should earmark this, follow up with it, and have another discussion based on what, what we've happened. Like, the thing is, the, it's not, you you can't just let these things drop, right? And that's what we always did. The, when we talked about gun control, was it two weeks ago? I said that we were all going to forget about that because something else is going to happen. This is the thing that Here happened. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. This is what's happened, right? So like those, I mean... Again, as far as pressing issues, I don't know which one's more important, but I mean, this, they're, they're, it, it, they're they both weren't more talking. Yeah. Sure. I mean, honestly, I think that they're one in the same in a lot of ways. And like you saying the thing about the Seattle police officers um, being upset about the, the having to look through all the rules or whatever, no disrespect to any police officers, because I'm sure there's a ton out there to listen to this. But my thoughts on it are these random people um, that are getting shot. Don't have any list to go through. You were being a cop. You have rules to follow. Mm-hmm. You were the ones being given guns to police the situation. If you if you die, that is the risk associated with being somebody protecting people from scary people. Right? Like, of course, I don't want you to die, but do you guys get what I'm saying there? No, yeah, I understand no, what you're saying. Uh, no, I think you're Criminals right. Criminals have no rules. Cops have to have Exactly. Rules, right? There has to be. And yeah. like you, you cannot take somebody's life because you feel threatened um, if you're not going to allow yourself to be to make sure that you are following the right rules to be able to take their life. Yeah, I mean, there, def- there definitely have to be rules. There has to be consequences. And this is the main and, and this is why I like what you were talking about with the policing, the police, which is that there has to be like some sort of independent tribunal that has nothing to do with the cops because they mm-hmm. do notoriously protect themselves. They have to. There's and there's there's you cro- can't, like then that's the problem is you can't come out and say like you don't try like to, to the radio announcers uh, uh, sure. point is the counterpoint to that is. You're the risk is that you're risking destroying all the trust of the people that are next to you trying to save your life if you go out there and say that guy was wrong, right? Right. And I know that's a shitty argument and it's a terrible argument, but I I, I understand why that would be made. Sure. Right? If you are going out there day and day, day and night and putting your life on on your line and you've got to depend on these other people, you want to know that they have your back no matter what. Um, and it's shitty because it allows all these situations to foster and come to and come to fruition, but. I, I sort of understand that argument. Um, but the radio announcer point, also, I mean, that it's it's bullshit for him to get so angry and do that whole thing because it's like him saying, I'd call out another radio announcer. No, you wouldn't. That's not how this works. And just well, being he angry would, but he probably would because it would get him better ratings. And that's a whole other terrible argument. You're right. Yeah, um, that too. But, um, but, uh, but you know, and that, that's the problem, right? Is that I mean, not that I distrust the, the internal affairs department. I don't know. I'm not educated enough to understand the inner workings of that. I, I know they do their jobs. It's just I know that there's a lot of. When it comes to this, there's a lot of pressure uh, to to find people not guilty. I would imagine there's a lot there's a lot riding on a guilty or non guilty verdict when it comes to a police involved shooting that doesn't that never those factors never factor in when it's just a civilian shooting another civilian. It just doesn't happen, right? If I shot you, I would probably get a fair trial, mostly because I'm white. But uh, uh, there's also not the pressures of saying like you're when when you're trying a cop, you're trying the entire institution of police, right? And there's something and that to be a said. a lot of weight that comes along. It's with something that. to be said, I think, too, that w- the, the only time it feels like we hear about internal affairs is when they fuck it up or there's their corruption scandal sure. or there's this thing. I mean, like every day at what, thousands, millions, or millions of police stations patrolling the millions of bridges in America, uh, you, everything goes right. Millions. And you don't hear the stories about the, we got this guy, that was innocent, of course. all this stuff that's just normal. Right. I it's mean, when there is a fuck up that we hear about everything. When there is bad news, we hear about well, everything. And that's the thing with the, with the check marks, right? Like the check boxes. It's like, okay, like there's just predictable patterns in the United States right now. And understandably so. Uh, cop, check. Southern state, check. Uh, you know, uh, black man being shot, check, check, yeah. uh, 
in, in an area, maybe an impoverished area, or there, there's some story there. You, you know, like check when you check all those boxes, then you're like, okay, there's going to be a maelstrom here because because this is this is uh, this is a bad situation. Mm-hmm. But I I just feel like ju- justice. There's no room actually for feelings and justice. You know, there really isn't like that's not how it works. So we just need like, again, it it goes back to the argument maybe before 60, 40 or 40, 60. I mean, that's where we are right now. That's not nearly enough information. We need more information. Kevin, where where do you stand on this? Get on the microphone, big guy. Uh, My biggest concern is whenever these things have happened, we see people fighting back and it's like. I don't understand why people fight back. Like I, I get you mean, so you mean the struggle, the struggle, right? Like, oh, 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 I think you meant the, I think okay. you meant like the the protest. I apologize. Yeah. Yes. No. No. Sorry. I mean the 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 person getting arrested. Uh, like, yeah, th- there are cases where we like with that woman that clearly got beaten, and you know, doesn't make sense. But like, there's there's when someone when a police officer when someone with a gun tells you to not move, don't fucking move. Like, even if it's you know, like. Mm-hmm. That doesn't end well. No, you know, I mean, it's, and it's, it's a dangerous situation to be in. Yeah. Sure. And, it, and it sucks. And it's like this guy looks like he had a gun on him. Sure, they went too far, but at the same time, you have to remember those police officers, regardless of whatever, like they're coming at you, they have a gun and they're legally allowed to use that if they feel like they're in danger. And that's the system that we all agreed to, you know, to Live follow under. those rules. Right, yeah. yeah, and I and, and I feel like that's where. My knee-jerk response to you in right in a why I wish I could find the article that I'm looking for that I saw today or whatever would just be this and I and I'm not saying it's right or wrong but I guess it comes from the my privileged situation I've had with police over and over and over again where I'm a minor in possession of alcohol. I'm throwing a party, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. You know what I mean. And I'm oh, off yeah, the, the hook. The way you acted in college, if you'd have been black, yeah. you would have gotten shot. Well, no, I mean, yeah, there <laughs> would have been, well, been, been a lot. Way there would have been a lot of problems. Sure. I'm sure, and that's the thing, I guess. And I feel like. <sighs> And I don't know because I can't speak, but I, I would assume, I mean, I was just, it was weird to be watching this after two days of marathoning the OJ Simpson Made in America mm-hmm. documentary on Gotta ESPN. Watch that. It's so Gotta good. And like, you know, I think it's episode one is all about, it's really all like, OJ is fucking playing college football and everything else is fucked all around him mm-hmm. and police brutality and this. And of course, then we get into Rodney King and all this stuff and hearing those people talk about how the situation escalates, right, is the fact that it's just been decade after decade after decade after decade and how many people have been fucked with and fucked with and fucked with that you get to the point where I mean I, we don't know with Alton right but where it is like I'm selling CDs out here I do this all the time why am I in trouble what's happening give yeah. me an answer and they're like get down on the, I mean I don't know and I know I know I know I mean, my reaction would be ground, like fuck yeah. I'm on the ground don't exactly. worry about it I mean, like, it is it is privileged for us to, to say that because we are white and whatever right. and if a cop tells me to do that stuff I'm gonna do that stuff and whatever things are gonna go that way I guess my stance and I, I'm agree with Kevin on this is just like all right well if you resist you're not gonna beat the cop yeah you're not gonna talk him out of it you're not going to and, and that's the only thing so it's like it's not so much saying that like listen to what he was right it's just all right this guy has a weapon and he doesn't necessarily not want to use it on you. Mm. Why not limit the the probability of you getting shot? And that was you know? the, the, uh, that was unconfirmed. Well, well, to your OJ Simpson point, which is interesting, and we talked about this yesterday, and, and everyone knows why did OJ Simpson get off? You think reaction to Rodney King, right? And that's what some of the jurors say, right? In the and, and so, like, and so OJ Simpson was clearly guilty, mm-hmm. right? And injustice led to another injustice, 
That's why at Which some then point. Which led to a later injustice when he got convicted of kidnapping in like 32 yeah, years yeah. in jail. <laughs> right. But it's like, so you know what I mean? It's like injustice led to injustice. Sure. What happened to Rodney King was inexcusable. That led to an entire situation in LA, the likes of which modern America has never seen before. People have to remember. Yeah, that was And now you know because you were close to it. I remember in that, modern, yeah. in like, it was completely fucking lawless. chaos. In a part of the United States for days. That's like unheard <laughs> in, of. In LA. Yeah. It, like uh, totally unheard of. So like that led so Rodney King already led to this massive injustice where people were getting fucking killed and robbed and all this kind of stuff and you, and you can read all about that it's very interesting but then that led to OJ Simpson getting up because that was a direct reaction to that and that was another injustice mm-hmm. and in other words someone's got to stand up and just do the right thing regardless right those cops should have went away if that didn't if that happened the, you know the whole you know Mark Furman bullshit later on and all this kind of stuff we dealt with with OJ Simpson would never happened you know like right so um you know Mark Furman of course a, a full blown fucking racist you know but. But uh, that's why I haven't seen the documentary, but that's what they try to paint him as. Right. Yeah. In the jury. And so like there's there's all these tendrils that are that are that are there. So it's it's actually kind of an, an interesting thing that that's on now because it just shows us uh, uh, the racial injustice is <laughs> so how far we America, haven't come. And it's, yeah, exactly. How far we haven't come and that we can't let the shit paint us forever because then nothing gets done and the right thing doesn't get done. And since the right thing wasn't done once, it wasn't done again, you know, in that situation that happens over and over and over again. So we have to just take things on a case by case basis, which I think is really essential, you know, and, but also not ignore the underlying societal and economic problems that are in the United States with race and with poverty and all those kinds of things and how this leads to incarceration of black men, how this leads to uh, 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 fatherless children because they're, their dads are going away for fucking nonsense, three strike laws and fucking marijuana possession and all this nonsense. It does not matter. It does not matter. It's not right. your business if someone's smoking weed. Who cares? There are bigger fish to fry, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's uh, so many issues that get to the heart of this that I think uh, we can learn from. It's just that we refuse to learn from history. We refuse to learn from history. We made I made a joke on Podcast Beyond. We did Podcast Beyond 450. It was a joke, but it, it actually is quite pressing to what we're talking about right now, which is, uh, and, and, and I don't mean to make light of this or whatever, because that's not it at all. At the end of the podcast, I said I said something about we used to call say we had hypothetical abortions on, on podcast. Beyond. It was like an old joke or whatever. And I said I needed to have a hypothetical abortion of my food baby at the end of it. And everyone laughed or whatever. And everyone's and people were like, oh, someone's gonna be offended by that. And I'm like, do you remember when the dentist shot the, the, the tiger or whatever in, in Africa and everyone was mad at him? No one can even tell you what that fucking story is about anymore, because the next and first of all, like it probably wasn't worth that much outrage. I got to be honest with you. The, two weeks later, there two was weeks something later, else. Something and else. Later, and something exactly. Else. And At some point, about. yeah, we got to put our, our boots down. Ruined, we got to put our boots down. We got to fucking dig in and not let yeah, this no. and not let the mob mentality or the lack of justice, but rather what actually happened play out. And then we get to the bottom of it. And if we do that on a case by case basis, everything's fine. But we refuse to do that. And this is so it's a social media, the Internet age. And this is what I've been saying. I said in the first I, th- I think what it, it was interesting because I, I went through the comments to try to narrow down to when I when I was talking about all this stuff. And I because there was even I don't have even the one where I'm like, this happens all the time. We forget about it. And I was like, it's like every nine months. And what somebody pointed out in the stopping racist episode is that it was July 29th, 2015. And the last time we had a topic like that was August 25th, 2014. And here we are at the beginning of July, 2016, having the same topic. It's just this never fucking ending cycle of the same thing. And yeah, but the hope, right. And I, and granted it's probably not this way in practice, but the hope from my perspective is the, the bigger this becomes on social media, the more people want to talk about it, the more likely there is going to be a fair trial that happens, right? The more under microscope this trial is going to sure. be, and the more you would hope people take more responsibility and pay pay closer attention to it. Um, I would hope. I think we That's are, the hope. Oh, but I, mean, I just the, don't know. I mean, the the jumping forward here to where we are right now with Alton is the fact that 
there are now at least two video cameras on this while it happens dash cam as well all these other things maybe we are learning maybe things are changing kev what you got to chime in with uh so the, there were two trials recently. What yeah? What happened to the case? The guy threw the gun down and clearly like planted that, a gun. That I haven't heard anything. From. I, don't, I don't know if that's right, gone to trial right. or not yet, but we should look that up. Um, but there was the other trial with the guy in the van. Yeah. What was? Did you I look remember at, the van? What conclusion? I I mean like I watch the news every single day. Yeah. So I I remember they all got off. Well, Albert Einstein over there running the board. I didn't know. We should look this up. No, the the van yeah. one was Albert Einstein. Love the, MSNBC. But, uh, are you, are you saying those are fair trials though? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the the I don't I, I don't know if it's a matter of fair trial as, as as much as people assume it's a matter of there's some level of corruption when it comes to police who are accusing other police, right? Or where you're not really going to get an a great in the in this uh, the case of the 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 van, you're not going to get a great eyewitness uh, because the rest of the guys were cops and clearly in on it, right? And so when a guy's locked in the back of a van and two people are two cops are driving it, who's to say what happened? Um, that that I think is the perce- this is a perception of how there's the, uh, uh, an unfairness element being that, that's in play here. Um, I would like. I'm going to look that up real quick because I really do want to know how that ended. But the 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 accusation was that they put him in the van without a seat like seatbelt and bounced him around mm. until he got basically brain damage. Okay. Um, Very recently, the driver of it who had the highest like um, the most things against him. I don't know. Right. Like, the the worst crimes were most are charges, on him. Most charges. Most charges yeah. Thank you. Um, he was acquitted. So like was he? Yeah. And. There were That's two, a tough one to two other on ones. One. I mean, but the, the evidence was on his side of it. Or there wasn't enough evidence. That's the problem. No, there was. Like people, well, well, people well, did research. Let me research. look at the conclusion before I misspeak. Sorry, yeah. I'm not. I don't want to argue with you. If no, you're no, right, I, you're right. I know. But I'm, and same thing with the Ferguson, uh, the Michael Brown. Like that kid had just robbed a convenience store. Yeah. Earlier, like. And what was sad about that? That's why there was someone out looking. For him. Right. And what's so sad about that thing with Michael Brown and what why when those facts started to come out is even though and that's the thing when you have a, a preconceived notion of what's supposed to happen or you want something to happen, you just want justice. You want justice, whatever that means. When it came out not too long after that, he robbed that fucking convenience store. No one cared. Or like a lot of people were just like, it doesn't matter. He was still shot and killed. And I'm like, but 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 it does matter. You know, like it, it doesn't necessarily mean he should have been killed, but it paints the picture of the po- cop's head about what he's looking for. And what he's dealing with is the man armed. Is he hostile and all these kinds of things that does matter. And that's why with Ferguson, I jumped to a conclusion and I, I think I was right in many ways, but not in terms of what that cop did. Certainly not. And so I don't want to jump to any more conclusions with this shit. I don't. I just I just don't. I, I got burned. Right. Like. Doesn't mean what I said was wrong. It doesn't mean what I said was wrong about about the nature of black America, about about the, how they're held down, about how they're discriminated against all those kinds of things. Of course, that's true. But we did jump to a conclusion. Freddie Gray, and he died. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. His, like, neck was broken. Yeah, hold on. For me and bounced around in the back of the van. Right. Or for bashing his head. Or for sure. bashing his head. Sure, 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 sure. Sorry. No, it's okay. I just... No, nope. this is why we're looking it up. Yeah. I don't want to misspeak. So uh, you then... guys can... Sorry, I apologize. Go ahead. Tim, hmm. how do you want to handle this? That was a long first topic. How long break? It? An hour. A little over an hour. Oh, yeah. We probably should break it now, too. Okay, cool. So then how the sausage gets made, ladies and gentlemen. Can I, for topic four, do the ad at the front? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Because I know yeah. they can't be at the end. I just want to make well, sure. It could, be the end of, it could be at the end of the next topic that we, we're about to do. Topic well, no, because then it would be, because you gave me two ads. 
You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So I have to start both. Okay. Goals. The so they'll have to be topics. back to back to back. No. Okay. Start both starting topics. three. Starting four. I just want to make, We're not monetize. We're not putting ads on. Nope. Absolutely not. Okay. Well, why not? This is fun. People like. No, this keep it. Keep it in. Keep it keep in. Keep it in. Come on, Kev. Have some fun. Did you find your information yet, Nick? Yeah, they were all acquitted. They were all acquitted. Well, yeah. But why? I'm looking through it. There was five of them. So, I mean, you are watching the not watching. Correct. I'm sorry. Three of the six officers are charged. Watching the military manslaughter. I, watched, those. I was gonna say not watching the news I, carefully I, enough, but you were you were watching carefully enough. I literally enough, Albert watched two to three hours of news every morning. Give me a pound out there. What I, you? I don't know. How much you sleep? He doesn't. Very little. God. Oh, well, so Paula wakes up at six thirty. Yeah. So I'm awake. Give me a high five also on the uh, on just this topic because I thought it was a really good topic. Oh, thank you. God, fall. Oh. You really fell for that? <laughs> really? Uh, well, did you think it was a good topic? Or were you son of a bitch? Oh man. I really thought I was gonna high five. No, I did not expect that. God wow. damn it. That was that was good, Colin. Thank uh, you. How are we doing, Nick? <laughs> Need a little levity right now. Uh, I'm just looking sorry. Looking, looking, no, you're looking, fine, looking you're fine, big guy. Who do you want to cut? I don't mind being cut if you guys want to okay, cut. Okay, cool. But I want I do we want I want to conclude what we got here. Uh, give me one second. All right. September was decided back Let me go last. Then. You want to go last? Yeah. Okay. Feels right. Your math. I mean, whatever you, whatever you want, but. All right, we're dragging here. I don't Nick's know. Nick's trying to figure out this final thing here. They were suspended without pay on April 1st, police commissioner. He just doesn't believe Kevin. No, I just want to see. I want to make sure they all got off. I don't want to say they all got off, but we can. Well, we can I, I believe three of them have gotten off so far. Are they still being tried? Is that. What's happening? Yeah, there's okay. two more. There are three more, I guess, that are still there's being tried. Total, yeah. But like, they did two trials first. Both got acquitted, and then the the latest one was the most serious one that they were trying to do first. Got acquitted. So okay, it, so it looks, looks like, like they're, they're all going to get, get off. It's unfortunate. I I mean, it's only unfortunate if if something they if, did if something was, wrong, yeah, and the sure. evidence is saying that they didn't yeah. do anything wrong. Right. Nick, I believe you. Nick, yes, you're the next topic. But first, I need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get four to eight items. We'll wait for Colin to come back. The ad doesn't count if you're not here. Really? No, nah, I'm kidding around. You get four to eight <laughs> items that include licensed gear, uh, apparel, collectible, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure you head to lootcrate.com slash kindoffunny and enter the code kindoffunny to save $3 on any new subscription. Loot Crate is more than just a subscription service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. And they guarantee more than $40 in value in every crate. Sometimes it's a lot more. Every month there's a different theme and all the items are curated around that theme. Previous crates have included items from franchise franchises like Star Wars, Marvel, The Walking Dead, The Legend of Zelda, and many more. Join us as we celebrate the futuristic. We've packed July's crate with items from some of pop culture's favorite prognostications of science and the future. Nailed that time. Look towards tomorrow with items from Rick and Morty, Futurama, Star Trek, Mega Man, Valiant Comics, and Star Trek, including a... They already said, they already said Star Trek. Say it again. Star Trek's worth it. Say it twice. There's two, two, double the Star Trek, including a model, a figure, and don't forget our monthly teen pin. Remember, you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, Jack, that's it. It's over. So go to lootcrate.com slash kindoffunny and enter the offer code kindoffunny to save $3 on your new subscription today. It's a good read there. Thank you, bud. Nailed it. Thank you. Crushed it. What's your topic? My topic, uh, I want to talk about the weirdest hotel rooms you've stayed at or the weirdest hotel experiences in general. And this came up because Chris Ostertag, um, video grandpa on Twitter, tweeted me a picture of a hotel that we stayed at one time that I totally had blocked from my memory because it was 
arguably the worst experience <laughs> of my life. Um, it was in Amsterdam. We went out there for a uh, a gig that we were both doing as a freelancer for my friend Brennan. Uh, they flew us out uh, and put us up. It was a, it was a cool gig, but all of the hotels in Amsterdam because Amsterdam is an old series, uh, old city, were either like new or had been converted something or other, right? So the hotel we stayed at was a converted. It was like a juvenile youth insane asylum. Awesome. Something that like where you went. It was for it was it was it was basically a place where they held like. Uh, youths that were that were problemed or had uh, mental handicaps or had some sort of thing going on where they needed to be basically institutionalized. Uh, that went south, and apparently they decided to make that into a uh, hotel. Gotta love Amsterdam. The rooms were the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I'll show you right now. Um, we should show the audience as well as soon as Kevin gets back, but I'll, I'll pull it up on Twitter for you guys right now. One, they were all different, but this was the one, one that 15. Chris actually stayed in this room. Mm. Um and I'll describe this to you before I show you a picture. You open the door, and it opens up into... It's one long room. Just one room. You That's got it. it. Okay. Um, you open the door. Yeah. And it immediately opens up into the bathroom. And by bathroom, Wait, I mean... Wait, you open the front door and you're in door, the bathroom? You walk into tile. Like a shower tile? You walk into t- shower tile. Okay. There is a sink and a spigot in the ceiling. A spigot in the ceiling? Yeah. And then you keep walking about another 5, 10 feet, and you're at the bed. So when you shower, you just turn the thing on and hope to God the water doesn't go everywhere because that's Europe, apparently. Let me pull this up real quick so you guys can see what I'm talking about. Yeah, can you give me real water? I'm thirsty. <laughs> and also, we put notes in your book, oh, wait, Kevin, about you have to insert a photo. We did it perfect. Don't worry. That's the view wait, from the front door. Wait, this is the door. view from the front door? Right, so this... What's the door off to the right? I saw this on Twitter yesterday. It's funny, me too. <laughs> What's that, that door there? The shitter? Oh, that might be the shitter, actually, yeah. But that sink, and that's, and you see, you see, that's the actual shower. You're walking basically into a shower. I don't like that at that all. That TV's awesome. Zoom in on that TV. That, that nice CRT there? God damn. It's like Looks a like a solid, CRT. Tw- yeah, solid 21 inches right there. So this was my, so then you go up to my room, and it's like a totally different layout, slightly better. But the, I mean, it was like incredibly hot. There was no air conditioning, and people were partying in this place all night. It was, it was arguably the worst, I've, worst hotel I've ever stayed at in my entire life. It was weird. And that was in the basement, by the way. So like the, 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 those windows like look up into like uh, foot traffic and people that are basically partying because in Europe you know especially in Amsterdam, Amsterdam you Europe, stop they just have like the outdoor beer gardens and things like that you can sit out there it's really pretty mm-hmm. it's actually really pretty looking over the river but um yeah that was that was a strange one for me that was when he reminded me of that time when I, was, I tried to block from my memory because other than that the job and Amsterdam were amazing highly recommend visiting them just don't stay in the insane asylum that I had to stay mm-hmm. at. Where no doubt countless people have died. No. Countless people have died. I can't see you handling that well at I did all. not handle like, it well. Like not even a little Not bit. even a little. Because you in hotels, I mean, good lord. You're very particular. If we think that you in food is particular, you in hotels is a whole other thing. God bless you for it. I'm very particular. I at totally RTX, get you just it. changed your hotel. You were too close to the elevator. I did, and it bit me in, it bit <laughs> me in the Too close to the elevator. And then that one was haunted too, right? Above you, somebody was moving things all <laughs> so, night long. Did you hear what I was talking about? <laughs> no. Oh I, my how, God. I was the room next to you? Yeah, you were. I, I didn't hear a goddamn thing. All carpeted hotel, and it sounded all night long like someone was moving a chair across hardwood. Just, you know that sound of like, yeah. so I fucked myself, because I got to the room on the top floor, by the way, and I'm like, this is a top floor room, you should shut up and just take mm-hmm. this room, because no one's above you, so at least that illuminates one of the areas of sound that could potentially happen to you. Um, but I was too close to the elevator. Now, the problem with being too close to the elevator, Colin will feel me on this, I'm a light sleeper. If anyone's outside my room talking, which inevitably happens at least once at these conferences because there's 500 people staying in every room, 
uh, I'm going to hear that. So to eliminate that possibility, I stay away from the elevator because what's the first thing you do when you and your friends arrive at the elevator? You start talking to each other. You make small talk. Why isn't this elevator taking so long? This elevator is taking forever. How hilarious is this? How, how bad this elevator is being to us right now, right? I'm going to hear that. I'm going to stay up all night. Um, and the other, the other note is just in general, I know to expect this during conferences because when you're staying 30 feet from the, the, the exhibition center, it's going to be 10 to a room no matter mm-hmm. what. Like all night long the first night, <laughs> yeah. I heard air mattresses being blown up and people playing something. I don't know. It's like Atari or something Overwatch like that. Overwatch is what's cool these days. They yeah. were playing Overwatch, Overwatch I bet. Um, and yelling and screaming and having a good time as one does when they go to a convention called uh, Rooster Sheet Expo, right? Naturally. Um, so that's my bad is, is next year I'll probably try to stay a little bit farther away from it. Like the year prior to that, we stayed at the W. Nice, same hotel, same accommodation is good, but it was just a little farther off so people weren't doubling up 10 to a room over there. Um, maybe a little bit more. Well, even this year, oh, you got to chime in on this one, Kev? Yeah, I was jokingly telling you that you should switch with Tim when you were switching rooms. Mm-hmm. But our room was really cool because... Do you remember it had that little like extra doorway? So so there's a doorway that would lead to our two rooms. So pretty much like, and that had an extra key that only our two keys could get into. So we could have kind of made both of our rooms into a party room. Oh, cool. Different Ooh. than the adjoining rooms. Were you in the corner? That also joined. Yeah, we're totally yeah, they told me to stay corner. away from the corner because that's where they really crowd into, apparently. The, the woman well, at the front desk was like, in. well, that was, <laughs> it was the just woman, us she, at the front desk. She was like, dude, you don't want to stay in a corner then because at, on during these times, they, they I, I can imagine because there's an extra room. Yeah. But to which I replied, I'm like, what's you the other know room? this? So the extra room is, is just space. It's just hallway, but it's like an extended hallway, but it's like, um, hot box it. My thing yeah, that was annoying. I mean, honestly, about. like if you were trying to get fucked, you could, you could gather your little group of RTX goers and do some E or something. Whoa, yeah. a rave in there. Uh huh. But it was now. so small. It was like the space between you guys' room. But like these that kids little doorway. Yeah. They I, mean, I, hear, I hear about community members like when they come to like KFL and stuff like that. They do. You know, anytime you see these guys, any of our best friends out there at, at these conventions, they do that. Oh, I understand. They get. Well, I think the last one was. I think uh, he means they pack into a room. I don't think they all do E. If you're out there doing it, just make sure to hydrate. Um, Zyger's just like that, Nick. That's not drugs. That's just Zyger. (laughs) I totally understand why people do it. I totally understand that it's cost effective. I don't understand why the hotel allows this to happen, especially since it sounds like they just know what's happening and they just choose not to police it. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, that's the type of thing. Take them out of the hotel because it's usually only like four max, like max, max occupancy. Yeah, it's a fire hazard, Tim. I, I mean, I was going up facts. and down, up and down the the halls, like to get to the elevator and stuff. And almost yeah. every single time, there was some security guard or like administrative hotel person with walkie talkies, being like, "Oh, I'm 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 at I'm at 1052." Yeah. I'm like, "No, no, 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 it's 1042." He's like, oh. walking back and forth, like there are people policing this. Well, shit I mean, because there's asshole of people guys like, like you. Yeah. I thought about calling, and I was like, "No, you just got to deal with it because you suck it, it up. It is. You suck it up. You're yeah, you're here. No, this is what you're doing." I get it, man. I mean, hotels can be loud, but uh, that never bothers me because like shit, well, you guys are deep sleepers. Shit just happens. I'm See? not. A, I'm not a deep sleeper. I just that shit just doesn't bother me that much. I'm, I just kind of deal with it. It's like there's noise happening. I'm either sleeping or not. Uh, but what bothers me is when the hotels themselves are give misinformation about what the room actually is. Mm. Like one time mm. we went to PAX East for Boston. This is back when we were with IGN. And me and you get into what our room is supposed to be. And there was one twin bed. And there wasn't even enough room on the floor for me to sleep. And we almost did it. We laid down in the bed and we're like, no, this won't work. No, we can't do it. And it was just like, it blew my mind that that qualifies as a a, a two-person room. Like, that was a two-person room. Granted, they expected it to be a couple. But I mean, right. I mean, Greg, again, not not against it. We were th- if it, yeah, if it, it would have been a queen, we were in. It but done. it physically just didn't work. <laughs> and in that same room, you go in the bathroom, and it was just like, how is someone so, like, you can't sit and close the door? Yeah. So I'm like, 
If I'm taking a dump, mm-hmm. I cannot physically close the door. Yeah. You don't need to. That's that is just upsetting. The your only way to do it, stand. yeah, let, you have let to your, stand, walk your like, out. behind the toilet, like close it, and then sit. Mm-hmm. Nah, fucking real America, y'all, you're out of here. You go to these like other places. There's space for days. Mm-hmm. That you could fit ten thousand people on the floor, which is why they we don't do want it. you in real America. That's the thing. We don't want anyone else in real America. So we make our hotel rooms as this comfortable just, as possible. This is just a hotel room for somebody where they're coming out here for a funeral. Somebody's getting married. They ain't staying. No, that's care. been my thing. I've had horrible experiences in Boston and New York when it comes to hotels. hotels. Oh, New York and hotels. Yeah. New York hotels. And New York hotels are just like, hey, oh, here's a closet. I love bad, New York hotels. Bad, bad, Ugh. bad, 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 bad. It's because well, they're all converted from like really old buildings, so the rooms are tiny. The plumbing's terrible. And you and again for me, you, you just hear everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the war, uh, there was one ba- when we stayed in Boston the first time. The hotel was actually nice, but the walls were so thin, and I was again near the elevator that you heard the pinging of the every single every ping, single time ping, I hit a floor, ping, it was ping, hell loud. And I was like, this isn't even physically possible because it's the same level of fucking loudness every floor. You think it would get quieter as it went down, but it doesn't. It was just ping, 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 ping. ping. Yeah, I was like, what? Happened? I'm sure you loved that. Oh, I oh. fucking hated it. I hated it. Uh, yeah, New York. I had a, we- a weird uh, during the PS4 reveal in Manhattan. Sony put us up in a uh, in like what is the most hipsterish fucking hotel? I can't even remember the name of it. It was. It was so hipsterish. There was an acoustic guitar in my room. I was like, this is fucking outrageous, this place. Yeah, I was like, this is... And then I would talk to the people like, yeah, I had like a keyboard and I had like a fucking xylophone. I'm like, what is going on in this place? Um, I don't like staying... When I go to New York, I just stay with my friends. It's like, I can't stay in fucking New York. So city hotels. Um, But uh, the worst hotel experience I ever had was in Virginia with Ramon Mm. and uh, and Kate, his girlfriend. Uh, Our friend Kevin, who we did the NHL 94 tournament with, was getting married in an Indian wedding in Virginia, which is two days. So we had to stay in a hotel and uh, for one night, and then we stayed with my mom another night down there. She lives in Richmond, and uh, the hotel we stayed at was like some fucking garbage Clarion or something like that. It was mm. attached to a Hooters. No, oh, that's, was, that's a bonus right there. My I, I was like, all right, like we just had to stay here one night. Like let's just do it, and uh, we. Um, <laughs> We got the room or whatever and then walked in immediately and there was like cockroaches in the room and shit like that. And this was the time when I was positive. I just because of the, I say no hotel, I had, had bed bugs. bugs. It, no, I didn't. I don't think. And I was like, it's just too risky. Like this place was so sketchy that I like came in, dropped myself in the middle of the kitchen because it wasn't carpeted. And then immediately took every, like took like soap and whatever. And when immediately the laundromat dropped the entire bag, like everything I had with me, everything I had on, like all of it in the washing machine. I was like, I can't risk it. It wasn't, um, I was, you had it in a garbage bag, right? Yeah. I dropped it all in the garbage bag. Like literally took my pants off in the kitchen, like my shirt and everything. And like, and I just sat there and washed and I was like, just in case, I've seen and, uh, cause you don't want to fuck around with that. Lovely. But the funny thing was that I, we went into that room and then they moved us into another room, which was even worse. And then I went to the counter and there was this baseball team, like this, like this men's league baseball team with their wives. And so like checking in at the hotel and I waited in line and they're like, was like they're making small talk with me and I was like, they're like, oh, so what's going on? I'm like, oh, our hotel room's terrible. Like, and she's like, oh, what's wrong? I'm like, there are cockroaches and like, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on in this place, you know? And they were all like concerned. And then I talked to the person at the desk and I'm like, I need you to like, give me all my money back now. And they were, and they like, didn't really give me a problem. They were like, fine. like the woman was like, all right, fine. And like gave me all my money back. And then two weeks later, I got a letter from the manager of the hotel apologizing to me Aww. for it or whatever and they're like oh well, you know we're sorry and I'm like yeah I'll, I'll be back real quick yeah um, and, that makes uh, up for everything I'm yeah. coming right back the funny thing is that we could not find a hotel in the Richmond area like at all and we ended up finding a smoking room in like some holiday oh, inn or something like God, that was the worst. and what was there's still pictures of it I gotta show you and videos on like my iPad and stuff like just fucking with Ramon like there was outlets in like weird places you know how they have like air conditioning outlets like in the in, mm-hmm. like on top 
like I remember just like we couldn't find outlets. I we were hanging our like we were charging our phones and they were just hanging from the from the outlets and stuff like that. So it was kind of memorable. It was also a little scary because like, I was like, I don't want to be in these. Like it's worth the spending the extra money to just get a good hotel room. Yeah, but of course. I agree. At that time, I I I had less money and also just bad planning, and I could have just gone and stayed with my mom; it wouldn't have been a big deal. So I, I was just kind of being annoying at that in that respect. Also, overseas hotels, interesting. Had good hotel experiences in Europe, in Japan. Uh, I've stayed in the smallest hotels that were literally half the size of this room. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like, Japan hotels are the weirdest. No joke, and they're nice hotels. Yeah, that was the funny thing. Like these are like beautiful hotels in Shibuya. You know, like maybe the best the best hotel room I've probably ever stayed at. The best was it, it was the Park Hyatt in uh, Shinjuku because that's the one where they shot Lost in Translation at. Mm, yeah, yeah. It was like you don't talk about quiet man. It was like 30, <laughs> 30 stories up. There was a thick fog layer around me at all times that was dampening the sound from the street below. Fan fucking tastic. I go back there in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean my my the ones that I think of being bad ones were yeah when I was in college or fresh out of college and I remember like I think I've told on this sh- show before or whatever this I didn't, we didn't get to stay in the hotel but we le- we went down for the Independence Bowl in Shreveport Louisiana Shreveport. and we drove you know we got in the car at whatever like obscene amount like one a.m. and drove through you know back road Missouri all the way down to get there right got there we're like it was already time to tailgate for this game we're like we'll check into the hotel afterwards we tailgated got drunk as shit watched the game we're all hung over get in the car get to the holiday inn or wherever it was and we're like hey we're here to check in they're like we don't have any rooms like no we made a reservation like no we, we overbooked the rooms we overbooked the entire hotel there's no room for you here and we're like well what we're just dumb college kids we're like well what do we do where do we go and they're like anyone oh. could take a reservation yeah. <laughs> i don't know if you cycle. know how reservations work oh my God. Cycle. that was yeah. the wor- dude that was again another reason why uh, what were, i don't think it was this flight this flight with the version what was the last one we did united united oh. I mean, where was that shoot oh fuck was united Bitcoin, right we were, yeah, we were yeah. flying out of Bitcoin. fuck yeah. united, united oh, again i was reminded of like how absurd that is the very first thing they say is this flight's actually oversold so we're going to need some volunteers yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah, how yeah. do you fucking do that because do do they don't that? think everybody's going to show up. Well, there's always one person who's like, I guess I don't really have any reason. Exactly. I'll, 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 I'll take the $300 yeah. voucher. I did it once. I, I've done it twice. Uh, yeah. Well, it's for an IGN trip to Comic Con. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't have an appointment until later. And I just got money. Yeah, you know, it's good. Yeah. I, did, but no, we I get, did it three times. I tried to do it, like, I shit you not twice in a row on the same flight. They booked me once. It was coming back, and they were like, we got to bump someone. And I was like, I got nothing to do at home. It's it's a Sunday. I got tomorrow <laughs> off because we worked all weekend. I was like, I'll take the later flight. And then the later flight came, and they fucking overbooked that. And I was like, I'll take another one. And the woman's like, I don't, we've never encountered this situation before. I don't know if we're allowed to do this. Called her manager and was like, I guess we are. Here you go. That's awesome. Two free flights. No, we, we, awesome. we were dumb college kids. We didn't know what to do. So we drove around to like three other hotels. And finally, the last hotel was like, you're, you're done. There's no one. There's not going to be a hotel in during a bowl game, you know, Missouri versus Arkansas. You just got to go. You got to hit the road. You got to go. And we're like, we got to leave the city. Like, yeah, you might as well start trying to drive home. So we kept driving home and it was New Year's Eve. Oh. So like it was like we lost the game. <laughs> it was New Year's Eve and we're all hungover. Oh, no. And we're piled in Walter Oakley's car driving back on highways. And it's just it's jammed. It's Who's bumper. driving at this point? Walter is. Is he drunk? No, well, no, he's hung over his shit. And so he's really angry. Okay. He's tired. He hasn't yeah. slept since like, well, I don't even know Fuck, when. Man. And we're it's bumper to bumper. We're going. And then when it finally gets going, there'd be that moment of like, there's a, I'll never forget. There's like, there's a hotel. We looked at it and it was burned out. <laughs> like, damn it. And you'd like, <laughs> we drive and we, you'd get off like an hour outside of the city. Like, there's no, there's no hotel. And keep doing. Finally, we found one. It was the first time we ever ate Whataburger. Because we pulled off and we had celebrated New Year's in the car. We pulled off at like 1.30 and there was this this one. We checked in there. We were fine. Jesus. But the best was there was a moment when there was just complete silence and we were driving and we were bumper to bumper. And the Walter just goes, Cop Jeremy's are punching the wheel out of nowhere. <laughs> and we're like, uh, And then went back. The other one was um, 
That's I was worst. talking about, I, have you ever heard my story about the most Missouri wedding I ever went to? No. You haven't heard this one? I don't, I don't think I have. Oh, man. So a friend from college was getting married to a girl who was from like the boonies of Missouri. Like right. one of the, one of the, one of the towns, like when you, when I, when I always talk about Columbia, and I'm like, it's like Austin without international airport, right? Mm. So it's not as big, but that's the idea. Liberal college town. And then when you get out of that, it's like, oh, here's the Missouri you think about. And then this is the Missouri you're scared of. Right, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And we booked a hotel room. And uh, or we, we booked a hotel for this wedding. We went down there. We all piled into this room again, of course, for this thing. And I'll never forget, we pulled in. It was the first time I had ever pulled into a uh, one of those like motels where it was like we pulled into a gravel lot. And then the doors just opened. Like we were, the doors just opened out to the, you know, the fresh air or yeah. whatever. And we got there and they only had a smoking room left. And my buddy cop has opened the door and threw it open. And he was the first and he just goes, I carumba. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa. It's just like, you it just hits you in the face. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. What is just this? 30 years, 30 of, years cigarette of smokers. Smoke. Oh, that's the worst. So it's, it was just, it smelled terrible. The story of the most Missouri wedding, it, it, it builds like this, where we go, go to the wedding. It's super nice or whatever. I don't remember anything about the ceremony. Then the party though, the reception was like in the VFW hall, again, a gravel parking lot. Uh, we go in there and it's the mashup of our, the antlers, us bunch of fucking idiots who just party in our goddamn morons. And then her family who are, is like the Southern Missouri, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like God and all this other stuff in country and yada, 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 right? Like they have morals. <laughs> and so we'd sneak out into the parking lot and drink paint can as we've talked, you know, the Everclear concoction that somebody made. Somebody tweeted me photos of that they were making paint can. Good paint can, good job. Don't drink anything called paint can. But as you start drinking paint can, you know, you get loose and you have a good time and we went back is paint can in there. Is moonshine? Is that like the equivalent no, to like a moonshine? No, I'll make it for you one day. Nope. We went back for the next 24 hour live stream. I'll make a paint can. We can all have some fun with it. Fuck that. We went back in and everybody's on the dance floor and da 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 da, da and then one of our antler friends got it in his head and I'm removing as many names as I can from this got it in his head that he needed to moon one of our other antler friends on the dance floor and so because I think he had just gotten the antler tat- the antler a tattooed on his ass and he did it but in the paint can infused state and just oh, the no. drinking in general it turned out there was like a three-year-old flower girl like right there like more <laughs> eye level with the brown eye and she was horrified and then her father was horrified and they started screaming at each other and they were going to fight on the dance floor and the DJ came over and he's like, if you're going to fight, go outside. And the entire reception went outside and got into a circle <laughs> to watch these two fucking fight. And so they started pacing around and literally just as it was about to pop off, and if I'm lying, I'm dying. The DJ had come out, unbeknownst to us, gone to his pickup truck, picked up a piece of pipe, and came out of nowhere and slammed the pipe on the gravel. So it went everywhere. He's like, get the fucking wedding! And he's like threatening them with this pipe. And it diffused the situation, and everybody went back to drinking in the parking lot or partying inside. So, the moral of the story, the DJ did his job. He did. Wow. He kept everything going. That's he, he awesome. Didn't, nobody got killed. It was, oh my that God. Is, it was a big surprise. That is, that is, I don't have any wedding stories like that. No, that no, was sure. a good one. That was, yeah, yeah. And then another, not bad wedding or a bad uh, hotel story, but one where I was, uh, you, I've told the story before when I almost died moving out here or whatever, stuck in the Nebraska snowstorm, mm, yeah. eventually went back to a hotel that was like 15 minutes behind on the highway. And when I got there, I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally drained. I'm beaten or whatever. But I'm safe at least, and I'm in a real hotel, and I ordered horrible Pizza Hut pizza from the you know the one Pizza Hut out in the parking lot, and I was like, I gotta charge my phone, and I grabbed the dresser and pulled it out, and there were just fucking 
35 condoms not used in the package back there because clearly somebody had put them out because they were going to get fucking buck wild and then they just fell there and then it's just like that they don't clean this well no. <laughs> like what else is happening in this room like I don't think about it don't think about it it could have been spiders I thought it was going to be spiders I can't even could have been used condoms exactly no yeah, there's a lot, of, way a lot and that's why I said it wasn't a real bad one it was just like one of those things of like the la- one of the I already had my last straw for that. I that accept. Trip. I accept that most because we stay usually in nice hotels. I accept that shit has gone down in that hotel room. I mean, I, I you know we, we've all contributed to it. Yeah. I know what I've done. So it's not like yeah. So yeah. it's like it's like that's just the just nature of the beast. Spraying that stuff everywhere. It's because um, you can. Yeah. Fuck it. I had a really, I had a really actually interesting and good experience at one of those motels like you're talking about, right? Where you just kind of open out like sure. the, the very Southern California like road motels. We went. Uh, it was me and Anthony Cava were doing a short uh, for this competition that was a while back. And it was down in Central California, I think it was Kernville or one of those places. Kernville. And we booked this, basically almost this entire hotel for the crew. Because I mean, there was only like maybe 12 rooms here. We took up like six or eight of them. Um, double up, two, three to a room. And it was gonna, I was like, this is going to be terrible. But it ended up being very interesting because the, the hotel was very nondescript. We went, we had a great shoot. Got like the last, it was one of those classic shoots where we're like, we got one more shot. And literally the sun was going down below the mountain. And if when it peaked below, like that was it. Our light was gone. So we were like mobilizing, go, 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 go. This is like 16 hours of shooting for this like two minute short that we were working on. Finally got the last shot. We're like, oh my God, that was amazing. Let's all go back. And we go back to this hotel and it's nighttime at this point. Like the, the, the sun had dipped. Granted, we we remember that we lo- we forgot one shot, which was very key to the edit, but we were able to edit around it. Uh, and we get back to this hotel, and I forget the name of it, but it had this big, amazingly beautiful neon sign, like this vibrant sign that was lit up, that wasn't lit up during the day. And when we came back, it looked like a movie set. So the entire crew comes back to this thing, and we just all stood there for a second and looked at this gorgeous motel that we were staying at that we had no idea about until we returned at night. It was really really cool. I mean, like some of us barbecued, some of us left, and some of us ended up staying there that night. Um, but that was a really good memory. Ever since then, I'm like, I want to do. I'd always, I want to do another short about that back. hotel. Well, we did. We were like, fuck. Like we had just done this awesome like western style of thing. It was for this. It's, all, it's competition. online. You it can is. See you can, it. You can it look it up. It's called Wolf? Dust. 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 Um, yes. It was for the Phillips uh, uh, like short film. Oh, competition. Wolf shot it. Wolf shot it. Yeah. Motherfucker's name's Wolf. Um, you can, if you search Dust short film, I think you can find it. It's either on Vimeo. It's probably on Anthony's page on Vimeo. Um, and it was cool. You know, it was a really, really fun shoot. It was grueling and, and really, really warm. Um, but yeah, we got back and Anthony and I both looked and we're like, fuck, we should have made it about this. Like, this is really cool. It's just about this, this amazing motel in the middle of nowhere where travelers come in and go. It was interesting. I like that one. Yeah. We should go stay there. It was fun. Not bad. I mean, horrible accommodations, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the actual vibe of the town was nice. It was very small. Tim. Yes. It's time for your topic. Mm. But first, I need to tell you, it's brought to you by Harry's. Stop compromising on your shave and get started with Harry's. For far too long, you've either paid too much for a comfortable shave or you settle for a low-priced but low-quality you know, for a low-priced but low-quality razor. Harry's offers something you've never had before. A great shave at a fair price. Harry's makes its own high-quality razors, cuts out the middleman, and ships them directly to you for half price. Of the leading brand. Good shave, good price. It's simple. Get the best of both worlds with Harry's. Harry's is the only shaving company that has both amazing quality and low prices. Harry's makes just one razor for all you need. For all... What? One razor with all you need for a close, comfortable shave. Five German-crafted blades. Flex, hinge, and lubricating strip. Quality guaranteed. Full refund if you're not happy. Tim, are you happy? I am quite happy. You've been using it? Yeah. We were at at RTX. Yeah. Had to look good Mm -hmm. for all of my... 
RTX friends out there. There's the Rooster Teeth people. Barbara. The Let's Play family. Mm -hmm. And I, that's, I was trying Barb's. to skirt around it. Barbara. Had to look good for Barbara, right? She would make fun of us if we didn't she look would. good. She would, but she was like, you know what? She didn't say this, but I know she was thinking it. Damn, Tim. Your neck's looking good. Your right. neck is you know looking what? good. You know why my neck's looking good? Mm. Thanks to Harry's. All right. Using the shave. Say this. I got a shave. Maybe I'll try yeah. it. Harry's starter set called the Truman is a great option for new customers and an amazing deal. For just $15, you get a razor handle, moisturizing shave cream, and three of Harry's five-blade German-engineered razors. Plus, there's a special offer for fans of the show. Harry's will give you $5 off your first purchase with the promo code KINDAFUNNY. Go to harrys.com right now and look for the Truman set. That's harrys.com. Enter the code KINDAFUNNY at checkout to get $5 off and help support the show. Stop compromising. Give Harry's a try today. Link is in the description. Harry's get shaved. I think we gotta beautiful. Make a, I got we gotta make a rule every time Colin leaves, he's gotta look back in the camera when he comes in. <laughs> Tapping. Oh, I thought, I thought you were about to I don't know what was happening. Suck you all it in. Was it. Exciting. Damn, what you got? So you can My topic it. today is something that we've talked about for a very long time <laughs> about making a topic. Okay. Uh, I don't remember and this. And we always decided we weren't going to because it's really Really stupid. Okay, great. But recently we decided, fuck the stupid rules. We're going to do whatever we want. The rules we the made rules up. Are, the that rules was that we made up. I feel like, like that was like episode, episode two. one. No, no, literally, no, when he was like, have Disney rules. Princess Fuckless. I would fuck. Are you kidding me? One of the best topics we ever had. Should revisit that. that. There's been a couple more. I'm not doing broccoli. Broccoli's mine. Broccoli is Greg's, and it will happen at some point. Uh, but recently we did Ice, which was <laughs> great topic. It was well received. Well received. And speaking of Ice, I am mm. so angry. Because at RTX, they were sponsored mm. by Coke, first uh, off. I want yes. to be sponsored by Coke. Yes. Second off, in their VIP room, Colin, I don't know if you saw this. They not only had their own Rooster Teeth flavored Coke, whatever that means, they also Scary. offered a ice oh, glass I saw bottle that. of I Coke. I saw that. Yeah, I saw you guys tweeting about it. So that. you're drinking out ice, and I didn't get there. I didn't get it in time. Kevin had one. Kevin, what do you think? Tell us about tell, it. Get oh in the my microphone. God. Tell me about wait, this wait, glass can Coke I, bottle. Can I, can I tell you about how Kevin looked drinking this sure. thing? Kevin's like, this is the best thing I've ever had. It's all cold. It's all ice. And then you just the camera pans down and his entire lap is just a puddle. This thing's been melting on him for the better part. One Austin, leg was a puddle. You know? it's, a, it's a clever idea, though. It was pretty genius. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, was no, the cooler idea was the um, uh, the actual soda machine had the QR code on it. So you could go online, make whatever concoction you wanted, scan it in, and then hit push, like push the button, and it would automatically do the mixture for you all at once. So you didn't have to go like vanilla cherry whatever not that i give a you shit had to do just that drink diet. instead yeah yeah but it was pretty it was pretty interesting uh concept but they did have the machine that i find freestyle machine. awesome but completely and totally unnecessary which is the one where it has the touch pad that is like one of those industrial grade touch pads that's so protected that you can't like if you punched it it wouldn't recognize the you impact. get mad at it whenever you have to go to the movies and it's there god it's i hate those things dude the only reason i like it is because they have caffeine free diet coke and i firmly believe they put way too much caffeine there in was only one person that I knew that ever purchased caffeine-free Coke, mm -hmm. and it was my grandma. Mm -hmm. It came in the gold bottle. Yep. And I like don't even know wow. where you found those in the store. They were just but somewhere. She did. She found them. She had why, no problem. Why Try do harder. we need caffeine Make in soda? Why do we need that there? You it ever, does you something to the to flavor, about though. That? It does, and that's true, because caffeine-free Diet Coke does not taste as good as No, it's Diet fine, Coke. but it doesn't taste as it good. It doesn't. And I know everyone you need Diet Coke tastes like shit anyway. Not true. It's amazing. True. You can Absolutely make yourself to anything. But um, yeah, there's yeah, something can. about that. But it's fascinating. Every time I every, every time I go to drink anything that's not water, it's got to have caffeine in it. I get I look I get weird looks because I've switched over to non caffeinated coffee. And every time I go to Starbucks, I'm like, can I get a decaf coffee? And they're like, no. Yeah, we're out. You're gonna, we're well, gonna I, I remember a being a, a barista back in the day at one of the the fucking local coffee shops. You were a barista. Here. 
Yeah, I was. I didn't know that. That was a whole fucking story. Me and Alfredo. Was there? I've told you the story. You like ran we had a to coffee ran shop. a coffee shop. That's yeah, the story. Like, you had to week, ran a coffee shop? We had, you should we, tell the story we next week. We ran a coffee shop. Okay. Next week, I'll make my topic. Thank you. Uh, Tim and Alfredo running a coffee shop because that was one of the best things in my life. Um, but people would come in and ask us for decaf shit. And it, it was really just like, a, oh, shit. Let's see what we got back. Fucking the used condoms behind the, the thing. It was just like whatever's there. The thing that hasn't been cleaned for months. Like, yeah, that's what you're getting. Yeah, I know. Trust so, me, I know. When it, it'd be that thing that's just been sitting in the... If you ordered an, a decaf iced coffee, that's whatever's in the back of the fridge. And you just oh, got no, that. I know. There's, I mean, it's, it's... What's your topic? My topic <laughs> is what's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Oh. Mine too. Yeah, my favorite color is blue as well. Superman blue. I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you guys and shock you right now, and tell you what I think my favorite color probably is. Oh God, Heather gray. Yep. There you go. Wow. There you go. I didn't think about because it because it's neutral, and it looks good. How many Heather gray? Sh- Heather gray. There you go. Oh, that probably didn't start as a Heather gray. You made it. Did. Oh, I guess it is. It did. It's for my friends. At, uh, I think, uh, now that uh, I'm looking at it, it's it's clearly distressed on purpose. A declaration clothing. Yeah, I like that. It sends me shirts every once in a while. Appreciate him. I'm a big Heather Gray fan. Um, I like the way it pairs with jeans and most pants. Um, you can dress it up. You can dress it down, depending on the quality of the Heather Gray. Um, Do you have a preference if, whether like more charcoaly Heather? I like gray it to be a little lighter, lighter for the day. Yeah, lighter most of the time. That's my favorite color. Hmm. I also have been thinking very heavily about getting some of those awesome parachute pants that are very much in vogue right now. You know the ones that make you look like make everyone look like a ninja, like a street ninja. The uh, ones that have like Lewis the pants. elastic cuffs. Yeah, yeah I Lewis really pants. want. Big Lou pants. I have a pair of those, but those are sweatpants. I want going out pants. I no want the ones. I don't know if you should be going out in these. You pants. look pretty cool in them. I would. I've the gone out wearing now. No, no, no. These oh. are just jeans. But no, they're talking about the ones I wore at Kind of Funny Live, uh, which is like camouflaged mm. sweatpants that have uh, sweat sweatpants that have uh, elastic at the bottom. Yeah, the legs, so that you can do the hip hop thing where you hike one up and then dance. Oh, that's uh, you're. <laughs> but cool you got to be ready cool at kid. all times. You got to adapt like this. Oh my God! Is this how you do it, Tim? So yeah, for for those at home um, that didn't get to see this, please take it column, easy on the walls. There's still a few more weeks the in the dab, studio. <laughs> yeah, which you're familiar with at least in concept. The dance. Oh, I know, I know, I know it. Yeah. Good. It's dab. Um, yes, it's D-A-B. dab. Dab, not dap. Nope. But D-A-B. somehow it makes it better that you don't know how to pronounce it. Is it on fleek um, or on fleet? People are asking Nick to do it, and they taught him how to do it, and uh, it was the saddest thing. Like, imagine your grandma that drinks the decaf. Diet Coke. Yeah. yeah, imagine her doing it. And that's what it was. He'd probably do it better than you. But Nick, he would just, he did it so slow and just, can you show He looks straight in the oh, camera. Totally show. Stand yeah, up and I, do I, it. The way I and think also, you get your feet involved. Here's the thing. The way I think you should dap is that it should be more, so you're doing it too hip hop. The original dapper, as, as they called it back in my generation. Gotcha. Used to do it more like a uh, a human being was ice skating than mm-hmm. anything else. Get up and, and show, him. show him. I'll, I'll go ahead and get up and show him right now. Okay. Right now. Thank you. I'll describe Nick's getting up if you're listening to the MP3. Nick is in a Heather Gray shirt. Nick is about to dap. That, that's not, that mic's not on, of why course. On? No, why would it be? Why Kevin likes. It should be, it should be more like this. <laughs> right? Just, wait, 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 wait. He, did, he didn't get you. Did Kevin doesn't it? know how to use a camera. It's like in the corner here. <laughs> you oh, kind of look like you're goose stepping. He does in a weird look like way. he's, I mean, he's doing some kind of weird goose stepping. Give him more legs. That's how they did it in the 30s. People at home need to see your legs. Oh, oh Jesus, Nick, are you okay? <laughs> Nick just uh, heel kick, <laughs> just fucking donkey kick the goddamn table. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kick the table again. Be safe. <laughs>
<laughs> you can't take that. Your body can't take that. Right, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely right. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Colin, that's what you missed out at, at our test this weekend. So you drew a little uh, fascist goose step in there with the dab, and you got yourself. <laughs> uh, had you been there, had you been there, you would have caught that. But I think everyone else is like, "What's he doing? <laughs> what's he doing?" Yeah, that was me. Um, okay. Anyways, the reason that I wanted to ask this this question about what's your favorite color? <gasps> one of the first things you find out about people when you're a five year old, sure. Um, asking your friend, "What's your favorite color?" Because I know my favorite color. Now, my favorite color is blue, and I think a lot of people at home know that. My real question here is: Is my infatuation with blue healthy for an adult? Describe to me how infatuated you are with it. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I, I don't think you're that you. infatuated with it, but really? I'm also, I mean, I'm not as deep undercover in your life as Kevin is. Mm. Like, you wear blue a lot, mm-hmm. you wear blue collar shirts. That's your thing. I feel like, okay, Nick, like you might have a better insight into my psyche on this. Well, first off, I, I, I love the concept that Kevin's been undercover this entire time and is reporting, fact, back, reporting to us. back to us on all of your moves. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, honestly, it breaks down to what you feel compliments your skin tone and your eye color and your overall like look. And I think blue compliments you very, very well. That's true. Um, I stay away from reds. I just don't like the way I look in red. Um, I like the way I look in obviously neutral tones like Heather blue and carton and charcoal. Or excuse, excuse me, Heather, Heather gray, gray and charcoal. Um, like occasionally I'll wear that Coca-Cola shirt and I just think I'm like, oh, this thing I kind of like, I only have one shirt that that is that specific color. I think it's more of a pink shirt at this point because I've watched it's like, it so many yeah, times. It, it it's was like a red and it turned into Heather red and then um, it turned into pink. But I think that there's like, you know, it's to a lot. Blue is pretty much, uh, it's probably a pretty commonly used color when it comes to clothing because it's a superior it, to it, other colors. Well, it's, yeah. a, it's a great color, but like a lot of people look better in earth tones too. A lot of people like the greens or the earth tones, but I don't know. I gravitate toward more neutral colors now mm. with a touch of color here and there. Um, I, I bring this up because my girlfriend, Gia, she once questioned me. She was just like, Tim, like, you you should not have a favorite color mm. like that. Like you're that's a five year old thing, not a twenty now twenty seven year old thing. I where I mean, certain colors. If you're really following fashion, certain colors do come in. Like there are certain color palettes that are happen for spring, winter, and fall. People love tie dye right now. Do they? I don't know. I don't know either. No, I can I guarantee you they don't. I um, went to this fancy uh, seafood <laughs> restaurant, and they were all the waiters and waitresses wearing tie dye. That was, that was Joe's. a Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I went to that really great chicken wing place, and they were all wearing crop tops. It's called Hooters. Oh, okay, that was yeah. Good. There you go. It's like Wild Wings um, wears jerseys. So yeah, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's ridiculous. <laughs> Having said that, I do think that you don't have to always stick to just buying the blue shirt. Like I like the color for shirts that you wear, regardless. Like I like the van shirt you had, where it was like pink and black and with hints of blue, with hints of blue in it. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that as a motif for you in general, but I mean, I like what you're wearing right now. Uh, I think you can pull off different colors. I think it's just I've been adventuring. Matter of what you like. Little, little by little. Like we all know, Greg really loves black t-shirts. We do. We Hides um, my sweat stains. I actually really and like black titties. t-shirts too. To the point where my wife was like, "You gotta stop making and selling black t-shirts." Because I was like, "Why?" She's like, "Look in the closet, and yeah. it's just all black t-shirts." Hey, um, segue. Everyone in the comments, please let us know what color t-shirts you do want. Because at RTX, I got so many comments like, "Guys, stop selling black shirts. Like, give me some fucking color. I want to know what color. I'm going to do some research." They want them in three X and four X. Colin was right in blue. Was in blue. That was in blue. There's been that yeah, was a popular had, shirt. Uh, no, I mean we had we've had like the aerobic. Sean Finnegan was green also. and nobody wanted it. Well, no one knew who Sean Finnegan was. What's up? Then. Everybody was white. Nobody wanted it. Excuse me. That was you that's true. Oh, okay. Can I get a minority? I think we could do. I think we could do a Heather Gray. I think that could be next. I think what I'd like to see is us do that that Heather Gray in the uh, the kind of funny Golden Gate Bridge design. No, do it Heather Gray and just say, this is my Heather Gray shirt. Nick's Heather Gray shirt. Give yeah. it back, motherfucker. Yeah. See, that's my thing. Like the the Jeff Ramsey over I know at him. Rooster Teeth. He Tattoos. had the Jeff line, which mm-hmm. was just shit that wasn't like 
him. It was just designs that he would wear on a t-shirt. I want to come up with our line of what our shit could be like. Because I just want to sell a nice blue button-up shirt. That's awesome. I do like that. This is the Tim shirt. Just put obscure historical things on a a t-shirt. Yeah. Slightly faded. Four scored seven years ago. I like the um the uh, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, don't give the uh, don't give up the inlet shirt that I have or whatever is so obscure. It's an obscure reference to an obscure reference. It's a it's it, don't give up the ship is a is a war of eighteen uh, a war of eighteen twelve reference from like the battle of the USS Chesapeake or something in eighteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. And then the don't give up the inlet thing that I wore kind of funny live is them just replacing ship with inlet. To make it about Long Island. Yeah. That was basically it. No one understands what that fuck that shirt. What I even saw in there, I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I just bought it anyway. Classic. So just just come up some obscure. I have an idea. You know, Grimecraft shirts with long sleeve shirts. Yeah, that's his thing. A long sleeve shirt with all of Colin's tattoos on it. Wow. So where where they all lie, including the Moriarty on the back. The Moriarty on your back. Wow. (laughs) I like that. That is a fucking awesome shirt. Uh, Are you putting anything on the front or is it just. Do you you have anything on the front? No, he's got nothing on his front. You can put nips. No, no, no. Put a little no. chest. Belly he has a I got, smattering of chest. I got to be honest with you. I, I, uh, there's a, there's a, a meme of me that circulates. There's a lot of memes of me that circulate, but there's a meme of me that circulates of uh, someone taking a shit and then it's my face, uh, like from. Uh, yeah, that's so? a place over it from when I did the hot pepper review oh. of, of Freedom Wars, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they put one of my tattoos on the guy's arm, but it's my, it's the, it's the. Uh, Franklin snake on the wrong arm. Come mm. on, internet. Come on, guys. And I'm like, come on, guys. Understand. How come that on. Conversation with Colin about these tattoos. Come on. And it was the first one ever to feature B-roll. Please show some respect. Come on. See, I like the idea. Tim, I like your idea of your blue shirt. And here's what I want to do with it. No one other branding other than a little tiny like circle with a KF in it. Like they do like, because I like I like when shirts do a little tiny something like oh. right, at the, right as uh, underneath. Like, so it's yeah. covered up. And when as it parts, you see a little like circle, a blue circle with a KF, <clears> like, a, like a neon blue circle. Yeah. KF. That'd be cool. be good. I'd wear a cyan shirt. Like I'd wear well, a I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh, you want to do blue? You want to like no, no, no. Blue, like I want something like a shirt that I'd actually wear. Like I own like five shirts that look identical, but mm-hmm. I don't care because I, I have like a great it. mint green shirt. If you it do was like that, I would totally wear the shit out of it. Yeah, button up. We should do that. I wonder. I don't even know if button up shirts are an option. My shirt will be uh, I doubt probably it. not. I doubt it. I mean, you're gonna have to do one size fits all. Otherwise, you have a million. You know, like sizings in there, your rooster teeth suddenly going to become. Well, they're Nordstrom's. not going to be. Think about no. Well, th- not Nordstroms. Think about like Express or something. Small, medium, large. They might be slim fit. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about a fucking dress shirt. So what do you want to wear? Button, button, like button. A, like the shirts I, I, I don't buy shirts that are like a, I don't know what the hell 38 R or whatever the hell means. I buy large shirts, sometimes medium shirts. Okay. Yeah, we could find a vendor that would do it. He's a 40 long, says Kevin. All right, thanks. I'm Kevin. a Howie long. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> Is that if I don't do it, that's what I get? You get, you get no, a soft punch right to the neckline. Jesus line. Christ. My jugular's are over there. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No one touch me! <laughs> uh, what would my shirt be? It would be a Heather Gray shirt, wouldn't it? That would be it. Yes. Just straight Can up I do two, Heather though? Gray. Can I do a Heather Gray? And then can I also do a mesh cutoff shirt? Because I've always wanted to sell a mesh cutoff shirt. I don't know why. <laughs> Sure, that'll be a big seller. Like those football players used to wear, like a football jersey, but they just cut it off at the stomach so you could see my abs. I don't have any of those. (laughs) That's all I got, Greg. If you didn't know, this is the game over, Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. It's okay, Porty. 
Each bring a random topic it's discussion for the world's ending your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Toss us a couple bucks. You can get a bunch of exclusives. You can get a bunch of early access. You can get a bunch of cool perks. If you have no bucks to toss, head over to youtube.com slash kind of funny where we post the show topic by topic day by day until the entire thing posts the following Friday. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.